0: It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the mountain state. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling.
1: The weather outside turning a a little bit frightful (laughs) here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, but we're so happy to have you along. Nothing to dread with us as we cover high school basketball throughout the great state of West Virginia on this February 7th, thousand twenty. Getting to February means we're almost to March, guys. Yeah, we're getting closer, here, closer by the hour. It seems like <laughs> right. And, and today, a lot of games postponed. Snowed through much of the much of the state. Not all of the Eastern Panhandle was actually spared. Sometimes they get snow and the rest of the state doesn't, but that's not the case. So, several games played in the Eastern Panhandle tonight. A couple of games in the coal fields that were able to get
2: in too. Big matchup at the Logan Fieldhouse tonight, Joe. Yeah, that one's. Yeah, it's all, it's almost over. It's still twelve seconds, but it, it's been a dandy. Scott and Logan going at it in a Class
1: AA Region Four Section Two meeting and trying to get the seedings worked out for that coming down the stretch. And we'll get you the full scoreboard in just a moment. We got a lot to talk about, though. Again, not many games played tonight because of the weather conditions, and just a whole lot was happening in terms of the weather the last two days. Uh, yesterday, you had flooding high water problems in parts of southern West Virginia. Today, snow throughout much of the mountain state. And Coach Marone, we've been fortunate for about two years of really not having too many postponements because of weather, but we couldn't quite dodge this one.
3: (laughs) No, we couldn't quite uh, pull it out once again. And, uh, Ryan, what comes into play there, some of the counties have the policy, no school, no play regardless. So some of the games that had to be postponed uh, were due to that. Uh, Obviously, we hope everyone is safe. Uh, the flooding and then the uh, snow on top of that uh, Joe really wreaking havoc, but a little food for thought two weeks from tonight, girls section will start. That's uh, they can play. open up that week. So, three weeks from tonight, the boys. So, Ryan mentioned seating, and uh, of course, we'll get a scoreboard a little later. These games really amp up in their importance because of that seating process.
2: You know, you talked about the the weather. You know, there were some games postponed last night because of the flooding, and then, you know, obviously tonight because of the, you know, snow and hazardous road conditions. But I'll tell you what, any county that, that has that policy no school no games really needs to take a hard look at it because a lot of times you'll get a little weather front in the morning by noon the roads are clear and you know even the temperatures the weather changes and and games that actually could be played are postponed and then you take the chance of it being postponed again for weather down the road
3: yeah uh, especially if you look at uh, how teams will travel there are a couple games got postponed tonight and on the girls side that are are right down 64. I mean, they were probably games that could have been played. And we haven't even mentioned the flu epidemic. And right. I mean, I'm going to call it an epidemic. It's an epidemic. It is. it is wreaking havoc. And even some of the teams that are taking the court, Ryan, are not at full strength. And some of the kids are, are kind of trying to grind it out. But I know several games that were canceled this week and tonight due to flu and uh, lack of players.
1: Right. And that's something that definitely played into a big double-A matchup from Tuesday when Logan went to Chapmanville for uh, the the, you know, the, the second game, yeah, the rematch. <laughs> Logan beat Chapmanville in the Logan Fieldhouse earlier this year, and uh, Chapmanville got the win. But Obina and Chile Killen did not play in the second half. Logan coach Zach Green didn't even go to the game. Yeah, I mean that's. For a coach and to miss that rivalry game, you know he's been he's been ill.
3: Yeah, and it, it's a severe strain. I know everybody's uh, dealing with it or has people that uh, are trying to deal with it, and uh, it's from the north through the south. I mean, it, it doesn't discriminate, and that we hope that again that it's taking its course. And sometimes this cold snap hopefully can kill some of the germs and it's not getting passed around some of the surrounding states ryan i know in (laughs) kentucky and a few others uh, they put school out of session uh, because of the percentage of kids that are not there but there's a mixed bag there but you know by doing that you hope you can get things cleaned up and get the kids out get them healthy same token they're going somewhere during (laughs) the day and there's there's other issues that can come out of that
1: absolutely and uh, you know you were mentioning there's some schools in kentucky right across the river from us that have Barely had school for two weeks now, That's right, right? Because, yep. because of illness. Then today, uh, weather related. There's also another big problem that uh, we don't normally talk about traffic, but <laughs> the main artery eastbound into Charleston from the west is, uh, shut, is down. shut down and has been for more than a day and will be for another day because
2: of the bridge closure at the uh, eastbound lanes of I-64 at the Nitro St. Albans Bridge. Quick traffic update. When I came in, actually the traffic was not backed up because they'd been, you know, advertising it, I guess from the state line down, uh, encouraging people to get off at, you know, Hurricane, you know, uh, Milton, some of those other exits and use Route 60. But no backup at 64 on the St. Albans exit on the eastbound side when I came in. And Joe makes the trip from Madison. (laughs) I've got to take that detour.
1: Yeah, he'll be over the river and through the woods to get back home. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those, you know, that, what do you do about that? There's a there's a bridge joint uh, needed repaired, and it's a multi-day project because, let's just put it this way. You could drop a baseball from the bridge, and it would go straight down to the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Through the bridge, not yeah. over the edge. <laughs> through it.
2: It looked pretty nasty from the video I saw. You know, so.
1: Yes, it was definitely dangerous. So we will go to the phone lines in just a moment. But we know that you are here for scores, and there aren't that many of them tonight. There are still quite a few games going on right now and games that have been played tonight, so let's get a first check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores Look no more? Go to BasketballNight.com. Joe, you have the boys' scores.
2: All right, let's take a look at some scores uh, from tonight. The Tulsa Rebels knocked off Carter Christian tonight, 79-52. It was Hampshire, the Trojans, uh, trailed or actually got defeated tonight Actually, this is the end of the third quarter score. It's Jefferson 49, Hampshire uh, 39. At, this one was just over in uh, on Middleburg Island at the Willie Acres Arena. The Logan Wildcats prevailed over the Scott Skyhawks 62-51. Those teams were tied up at the end of the third quarter. It was Musselman over or elites Martinsburg tonight, forty-four thirty-eight. That's the end of the third quarter. Also, this one a final just in. Raceland, Southern Ohio over Wahama, 75 This one is now a final. Uh, Williamstown knocks off Tug Valley, 59-41. Tug Valley outscored uh, uh Williams, uh, you know, Williamston, Williamstown, seventeen to two in the fourth quarter. Their rally came up just a little bit short. This one a final. Two technicals called within uh, two minutes and twenty-seven seconds And the uh, second half. Polka prevails over Winfield tonight in the battle of Putnam County, 63-43. And that's a look at your boys' scores from tonight so far. Coach Farone, you have the girls' score.
3: Yeah, a little unique. Get the car on. Right, there you go. <laughs> That's never happened before. Uh, the Tulsa Rebels, uh, 63, Carter Christian, 18. Also on the girls' side, Jefferson, 53 to 38 over Hampshire. And the Grafton Bearcats get a big win over Berkeley Springs, 70 to 19. And Frankfurt, at the half, leading Kaiser 35-19. to That's a, a big rivalry game there. Both those teams having good seasons, and the Falcons getting the better of it at halftime. That's a look at your girls' score on basketballnight.com scoreboard update.
1: Thank you guys very much. And we'll talk hopefully with Jordan Mounts a little bit later about that Tug Valley-Williamstown boys' game tonight at Naugatuck. What a spectacular wow. finish as uh, Tug Valley rallies from down 17 after three quarters but falls short. By two to unbeaten and now eighteen and O. Williams That's
2: that's unreal. So that, that's a big feather in the cap for Tug Valley. Uh, I had one of their games earlier in the season, and and uh, when I talked to the coach, it was like uh, I, maybe their first game of the season when they played man down Chapmanville. And I was talking to the coach, and I said, "Coach, how's your team?" He said, "We're terrible." We're just absolutely terrible. Obviously, that is not the case. They've got some talent on the Panther team. That
1: was a little bit of a slow start out of the gate. Few have played the type of schedule they have, and it's very unforgiving. It can be a little bit difficult to kind of get your foot in the ground and going in a positive direction even with a good basketball team they've played well over the past couple of weeks coach marone and tonight that's a you know that's a loss that will get a lot of attention from the standpoint of it. it's a two-point game and williamstown had mauled basically everyone before tonight
3: yeah and i think williamstown uh several of the polls was actually ranked number one in the state so that that's a big a big contest a big challenge and uh tug valley uh, testing herself and getting ready for tournament play and Definitely, uh, the fact that they were able to overcome that large deficit and get it within two points uh, says a lot for the fight. Uh, for Tug Valley, got a chance to see them earlier in the year. Very good ball club, nice. and uh, I'm sure that uh, Coach Thompson and company will have them peaking at the right time. Hey, Ron, just a
2: quick note. Uh- Fans might want to check their local high school schedules. I've noticed uh, a lot of these games that were postponed from tonight are actually playing tomorrow afternoon. So uh, good chances, you know, those games will be made up tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. And we'll do our best to get all of that on basketballnight.com. But that's a, that's a big undertaking right yeah. there to, to not only get the original schedule in, <laughs> but to track down makeup games, which the can be all schedule. over the map. Yeah, that, that's definitely uh, the situation there. You know, we'll talk uh, throughout the evening. You know, we've got kind of a full list. We're going to talk about the West Virginia Hometown Invitational Tournament. Coach Marone, your ball club, making an appearance in that tomorrow, uh, right, or am I a week off? Well,
3: right? no, you're right, and you're wrong. Oh, okay <laughs> uh, we were, uh We were in a unique situation. Uh, we were actually uh, supposed to be in the third-place game tomorrow at Clay Battelle. Uh, our opponent was to be Cameron, uh, who actually qualified for the OVAC Finals, which is the same time over at Eastern Ohio University. So our game with them got bumped. Obviously, understand that completely. Uh, unable to to secure a neutral side or another date uh, for that. So we actually, one reason we played tonight, we had to pick up another game, and we wish them well. But the, that event will be going on at Clay Battelle all day tomorrow. And then, of course, the next weekend at RC Bird will be the boys' side of that. Uh, we actually have uh, at our school uh, tomorrow a great matchup in a uh, crossover game on the boys' side, they do a little bit different because they have a lot more teams. Uh, Tulsa will be playing South Harrison to mark 2 o'clock at Tulsa. So, uh, to my knowledge, South Harrison's first trip uh, to Glen Hayes.
1: Do you think they'll be confused by the Lost Creek sign that's
3: right before you get there? <laughs> we went to South Harrison last year, as did our boys, and I almost wanted to turn right there. But uh, it's great to see different teams. That will be a great game. We'll actually be uh, carrying that on the uh, – Fast Break Sports Network tomorrow. Hope folks can listen to that. But uh, yeah, the hometown Invitational girls finals is tomorrow, and uh, St. Mary's in Calhoun County will be playing for the Division One championship, and then we'll run down the other other pairings. So as does well. that mean you finish third? Or I, I'm you, thinking you we can forfeit. claim we can claim that. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean,
3: <laughs> how, how you about don't play the game?
1: Right? How about that though? Such a flexible schedule, and again, it's a situation where you, you guys do the best you can. But Cameron basically juggling two. Events where their schedule's kind of up in limbo as they play along in early February.
3: Yeah, and uh, it came down to Monday. They played Madonna in the semifinal, and uh, we were aware of it, and everybody was aware of it and totally understand. Uh, I think it was the second time they've made the finals, and uh, a big honor for them. Uh, but at the same token, uh, you know, we were kind of booked and ready to go uh, tonight uh, to Morgantown, but uh, nonetheless, we wish them well, and they'll have some great games there tomorrow. Anybody that's in that area that can... Take in some action of the uh, Girls' Hometown Invitational Finals tomorrow.
1: It should be a lot of fun. And, and Joe, these events, especially for the Hometown Invitational, uh, you get to see a lot of the small schools and communities come together. We talk about this all all the time, but it's so nice to to see teams getting the opportunity to go to places they wouldn't normally go, uh, visit the, the great sites of this
2: great state of West Virginia. Hopefully, when it's not snowing. Though. I was going to say, in addition to you know going to places you, you normally may not be able to travel to, you get a little geography lesson along the way. So with uh, kind of a twofold, uh, an athletic and an educational trip all uh, rolled into one.
1: It's uh, definitely a whole lot of fun. We're going to step aside right now, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the West Virginia Christian athletic tournament coming up. We'll also talk a lot more about the happenings tonight. Not all of them actually happening. Many games postponed. Three hours to go, two hours, 45 minutes left. This is break one of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break
4: Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. Marshall University Sports Journalism Major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns on and off campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Many places you can listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. And you can go to our affiliates page at basketballnight.com. And you can find out where the station is closest to you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com. Just click to watch. We're also on Facebook Live, facebook.com forward slash Hoops Roundup. Again, follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
6: Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum celebration of the 2020 Black History Month and other important events throughout the year. On February 13th, United States Surgeon General, Vice Admiral Dr. Jerome M. Adams will discuss his personal life and role as the nation's doctor at 4 p.m. in the Joan C. Edwards Performing Arts Center on the Marshall campus. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press
4: celebrating high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling Nine sixteen
1: on this basketball friday night in west virginia we got everything that's happening in boys and girls high school basketball tonight to cover. Not a whole lot, but we do have a full guest list tonight. So we'll be talking about a lot of teams that maybe weren't in action tonight, but have been playing well or have a story worth telling. And one of those teams that does have a story worth telling is the Princeton Tigers. Their boys basketball team is rolling along right now. They've won five straight games, they've avenged the loss and beat Graham. Virginia. They also uh, handled Huntington by 20 points at the Raleigh County Armory, so they're playing really well right now. Rob Williams is the head coach of the Tigers. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach, hard to complain about the way your team has played over the past two weeks now.
7: Well, good evening. Thanks for having me, and you're certainly right. We've played uh, very solid basketball. Started out solid first of the season, had a little bit of a struggle there in the middle, and and uh, getting a little uh, seasoned as we go along.
1: Well, tell me a little bit about this team. What were the expectations coming into this season, and uh, are you there, or do you still think there's a little bit of room to grow?
7: Well, it was a rebuilding year, to be quite honest. I uh, didn't expect us to be as uh, solid as we are. You know, we, we came back, we lost uh, Fix and and uh, Hopkins and, and Kyron Kennedy, three of our top four starters, uh, scorers last year, so... Uh, we expected to rebuild, uh, but we knew he'd be okay with, uh, Parsons and Brown. Didn't know what the, what the other three, uh, starting positions would bring us, but, uh, as the seasons went on, you know, we've gotten, started to get a lot more, uh, help from those guys, and when you get help from others, uh are hard to defend.
2: Hey coach, you had like a you know, a mini slump there. You had three games there and then like Ryan said, you bounced back with uh with five straight wins. But uh I tell you what, the schedule's still pretty tough uh you know from here on out as well.
7: Oh the schedule's very tough. We we were playing you know, we were supposed to play uh, Greenbrier East tonight. Uh Bailey Coles is back. I was talking to Bimbo today about that, which is which is good to hear for him. But uh, yeah, we, we've got that we reschedule those, uh, those guys for the 17th, but we come, uh, to the, the big house to play Capital Wednesday. Uh, we're both, I think, 11th in the AP and, and they're ninth and we're 10th in your poll. So, uh, you know, heck, that's going to be a tough game. Then we follow up with at Bluefield, uh, and, you know, again, then boy, East boy, and, 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 and O'Keefe.
1: And you talked about Bluefield, and of course, right across the state line, there is Grand, Virginia, which is in Bluefield, Virginia. I want to contra- uh, compass- uh, or con- let me try that again.: I want to compare and contrast your two games with them. Talking's not hard, but i make it sometimes. Uh, you had a game with Graham that you lost 58-51 back on January the 11th, and then your last game, though, against the G men was uh, two days ago, and a, a 68-59 win. What was the difference in those two ball games?
7: Intensity. Uh, you know, they wanted it more than we did uh, uh, at their place, and uh, we weren't going to let that happen, at, you know, at our place. And, and the guys really executed. We're just playing better team ball. We're moving the basketball. That's, yeah, that's the difference. You know, our defense is usually pretty solid, but we're moving the basketball and getting more contributions from, from more than two guys. And, and again, when, when a team can't focus on one or two guys, it, it's tough to handle sometimes. A very good
1: basketball team, the Princeton Tigers, right now sitting at thirteen and five, and they will be back in action a little bit later. Uh, Now again, because of tonight's game being postponed, that game rescheduled for uh, their game with Greenbrier East for the seventeenth. But the next game coming up this week games with Capital, and then a week from tonight, a trip to the Brush Fork Armory to take on Bluefield. Rob Williams, head coach of the Princeton Tigers. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, guys. All right, and, and. Guys, they, they are having a, a really good season. You might not think of Princeton basketball sometimes. and Since being, uh, since leaving the MSAC, their schedule has changed quite a bit. It's very regional now. They used to have to make trips to Spring Valley, Parkersburg, Capital, GW, South Charleston regularly. But, but Coach, now that they're in kind of a more compact area of where they're playing, uh, you're seeing them kind of being able to build some wins, and, and that's the kind of thing that installs confidence in a ball club and program. And building your program moving forward.
3: Yeah, and and you see that it allows (laughs) some of those rivalries from their own region uh, to really kind of come into full bloom. Uh, And those games they have coming up, obviously they've kept capital on the schedule, which is a good game for them. And then Bluefield, Greenbrier East, I mean, those are, you know, traditional powers. So Princeton uh, has a tradition. uh, It may not have been as much in the recent years, but over the years, Princeton basketball, Coach Williams doing a great job. And uh, uh, I'm like you. I think that the schedule's changed somewhat and has probably gotten them in a position where they can build some momentum, and uh, Wins will do that, Joe, and I think Coach Williams uh, is aware of the recipe to get it done. It sounds like they're buying into it there in Princeton. Oh, I guarantee
2: it. Uh, You know, just looking over the schedule, you know, they've had some tough games there with with Oak Hill, uh, got knocked off by Westside early in the season that they, you know, rebounded. uh, Apparently, they're playing, they've got their game plan figured out, you know, and this is the time to do it. Mm
1: -hmm. It Certainly is, and yeah, you know, we are again winding down the regular season for girls' high school basketball. Coach Marone talking about you know sectional start in two weeks from tonight. Some teams have already played seventeen, eighteen, nineteen games, so they're almost to the end of that regular season. One of those teams is the girls' basketball team from Huntington St. Joe. They're eighteen and one. They they lost their first game of the year, but it was the number three ranked team in the country, Cincinnati Mount Notre Dame. That game played at Ironton last weekend. They are ranked number nineteen. Uh, nationally, by Max Preps, the head coach of the Lady Irish is San, uh, Shannon Lewis. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach Lewis, a year ago, we talked about your team perhaps being the deepest team that you had had to that point. You lose a couple of Division One players. Dina Gerald's goes to Chattanooga, and then you know still you lose Paige shy, shy to graduation to Marshall, and still your team's just rolling right along this year.
7: Well, we we had eight last year that was really good, and and obviously that uh, put six of them back, and we uh, you know uh, ended up with another player. So 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 we play seven pretty pretty strong, and, and those seven are really good. So so our depth is still there this year.
1: And you talk about uh, ending up with another player, uh, Grace Hudson. Uh, she comes in from Christiansburg, Virginia, a player that you were familiar with from her time with the West Virginia Thunder and uh AAU program which is the premier basketball program in terms of aau and in, in west virginia girls basketball but uh you know you're able to add another legitimate division 1 player to another team that you know you've got Bailey Atkins who signed with Dayton and, and really you're just able to kind of uh kind of assemble uh you know riches so to speak there you're able to fill in those gaps of scoring with an excellent ball player
8: <laughs> well
7: you know Grace's parents are from here and they they decided to move back uh, and you know she just obviously has fit in really well to our system, and, uh, you know, she, she's a tremendous player. She she scores uh, the ball real well and uh, shoots the ball real well from the outside, and, you know, that's what Paige and Dina both did, so uh, she's definitely filled that role for us. Hey, Coach, your
2: team does a lot of traveling, do, you know, more than the other local high schools. Do you think that has an effect, you know, uh, as far as what happens on the floor or is it just the competition just makes you that much better?
7: Well, um, obviously it's it's hard to schedule and, uh, you know, we uh, we have to travel a little bit. But, um, you know, obviously we have talented kids and uh, they work hard. And, and, you know, since we've been ranked, uh, you know, the people's been calling even more wanting us in some tournaments next year already. So uh so anyway it's uh you know it's a good mix and and you know we like to travel but we also would like to, to obviously get a few more games closer. So uh and we do get a few with the Kentucky teams across the border and stuff. So but anyway, like I said, this is this is a fun group. It's as athletic a bunch as I've had and they just really get after it. And you mentioned Bailey and, and Bailey, you know, she pushes the ball downhill as good as anybody I've ever had, comparable to to Michael Johnson. I mean, our offense goes downhill, and um, <clears throat> sorry, I got a little cold here. But uh, <laughs> join the club, <clock>. yeah, really, <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, everybody, it, it, it's hard to get rid of, but anyway. But Bailey's just a, you know, a great kid, and, and you know, has a great future date and and she just leads us. I mean, like I said, our offense goes downhill, and and not to even mention what she does on the defensive end.
1: Looking ahead you've got the bulk of your schedule behind you and the traveling is behind you as well as a game tomorrow with Belfry Kentucky at home and then a game at home with Ashland Kentucky is almost a week away so you've already got 19 games in and as we've talked about here before two weeks until sectional play gets underway you've kind of got a little bit of a, a, a lull to the season after basically having the pedal to the metal for the last two months well it,
7: our schedule kind of did that most of the time it, yeah, we're going to travel a lot before Christmas and after Christmas, and and Martin Luther King, and and then in February we seem to to settle down a little bit and get those uh, a few home games and and a few close games. So uh, that's good. Like I said, it kind of kind of gets us uh, back back down a little bit to earth, and uh, you know, playing locally and and uh, getting us ready for the tournament.
1: Shannon Lewis, head coach of the Huntington Saint Joe girls basketball team, ranked nineteenth in the nation coach thanks so much for joining us tonight thank you thank you guys all right and yeah that's coach shannon lewis of huntington st joe and uh joe uh th- th- that's a ball club that, that obviously uh you know they do things a little bit
2: different than most do in west virginia they had the opportunity to do so but they do it very well they do. I mean, some of those games, they travel some pretty good distance and play some, you know, really nationally recognized tournaments, especially over the holidays. So, you know, you play games like that, definitely makes your team better. And, you know, when you roll in to your sectional and regionals, I mean, they sometimes just scroll right on through and punch their ticket to Charleston.
1: And that loss to, like I said, Mount uh, Notre Dame out of Cincinnati, Ohio. That was a team ranked number three nationally at the time, and uh, that was an eight-point game. Uh, Played over at Ironton, Ohio, uh, just across the river from us here in in the Huntington area. And, uh, you know, that they were in that game for the most part. They trailed the entire way, but they were never out of reach. And they were always, I guess what I'm looking to say here, is that was a ball club that was playing within their element against a nationally ranked national top three team. So obviously they lose that game by eight last week, but they don't drop out of the max preps top 25 because of, uh, you know, they, they looked like they belonged in that game. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll get another scoreboard update and we will talk with Cameron girls basketball coach, Holly Pettit. Brian Sexton will join us a little bit later on. He is the PA announcer for Calvary Baptist Academy. We'll talk about the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournaments. That's coming up and much more after break number two here on Basketball Friday Night
4: in West Virginia along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scorers
5: online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall Sports Journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communications, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu. Thanks for joining us. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team score. Give us your comments on the game at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Big shout out to some of our latest Twitter followers. Thank you for following us tonight and today. Ryan Quinn, Grant Cochran, WV Susan Trenton Barnhart, Kyle Chase Hightower, Aiden Satterfield, Anna Maria Torillo, Logan Simmons, Anthony Webster. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You can also call us tonight toll-free, 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. If you've got a score you want to send us by text, you can do that too. Text it to 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Give us your comments on your game. Hey, and you can also send us those pics of your game and your fans because we want to share it with everyone here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Send us the scores at BasketballNight.com. Scores at BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
4: to date on your favorite teams check out BasketballNight.com. now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Joe Linville coach Rick Marone
1: and Ryan Epling 931 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia not a lot of games going on tonight many of them postponed by weather we'll talk with Holly Pettit the head coach of the Cameron girls basketball team her team was supposed to play coach Rick Marone's Tulsa Lady Rebels tomorrow but they're double booked because we are going to play for the OVAC championship. So we'll talk with Holly Pettit in a little bit. We'll also talk with Brian Sexton of Calvary Baptist Academy as we will preview the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament, the WV CAT tournament as it is known. So still a whole lot to talk about here on this first Friday of February in 2020. So we are just rolling right along in the season. Let's do another scoreboard update. Looking for scores? look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Coach Burrow, will give you the boys' scores.
3: All right. As we mentioned, uh, several of these games have been postponed. We'll try and get those updated on the website as quickly as possible so fans can know when their favorite teams are playing. On the boys' side tonight, Work County 69, Wood County Christian. Fifty-two. The Tulsa Rebels knock off Carter Christian seventy-nine to fifty-two. Braxton County seventy-five. Gilmer County fifty. Frankfort gets a big win over Allegheny sixty-four to fifty-one, and Jefferson seventy. Hampshire fifty-one. Also on the boys' side, the Logan Wildcats a tough game with the Scott Skyhawks. They get a win sixty-two to fifty-one in that one. Martinsburg over Musselman fifty-four to fifty. And Racing Southern, 75-55 winners over Wahama. A barn burner down in Naugatuck. It started out, didn't appear that way, but Williamstown hangs on for a 51-49 win over the Tug Valley Panthers. And Polka, a big rivalry win over Winfield, 63-43. That's a look at the boys' scores. Over on the girls' side, it was the Lady Rebels of
2: Tulsa knocking off Carter Christian tonight, 63-18. Hampshire, the Trojans fall tonight to Jefferson. This score now a final 53-43. The Cougars sweep the season and that will give them the home court advantage and the sectionals coming up in a couple of weeks. Grafton, the Bearcats. Big win tonight over Berkeley Springs, 70-19. Frankfurt, the Falcons over Kaiser, 58-42. And I know I'm going to blow this name. Makina, doubt it has joined the Thousand Point Club for Frankfort. And that's a look at uh, the girls' scores. Yeah, I, I want to
1: mention that real fast because Frankfurt had one of the premier scorers in West Virginia for four seasons. Abby Beeman just graduated after last year, so McKenna um, doubted. You know, kind of had to play that second fiddle <laughs> role until this year, but a thousand point scorer in her own right. That can be difficult to do when you've got a girl who scores as much as Abby Beeman did last year. Yeah, i tell you what, it's
3: a great accomplishment. Uh, As you mentioned, you've got an average uh – a pretty good uh, double figures, uh, you know, starting that freshman year. And a lot of times freshmen don't get as much opportunity. But as you mentioned, playing with a prolific score like Abby Beeman was, uh, that's a great accomplishment there for Frankfurt. They've got a solid program there. And Joe, uh, that young lady waiting on her opportunity, and uh, big big kudos tonight. That's a big, big milestone. Definitely paid off. And I was going to say, it seemed like we've had more thousand-point
2: Barriers broken this season than, than we've seen in the past. There's been even more than what we could keep up with. I mean, we, we, we do
1: our best with them, but some do slip through the cracks, but we absolutely do our best with them. You know, somebody who's uh, enjoying this season right now is the head coach of the Cameron Lady Dragons. Uh, Holly Pettit, her ball club, again, was scheduled to play in the third place game of the West Virginia Hometown Invitational tomorrow against Coach Marone's Tulsa Lady Rebels, but that game has been postponed, not for weather, but because Cameron's going to play in the OVAC Girls' Championship game tomorrow. And Holly Pettit is the head coach of the Lady Dragons. She joins us now on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And Coach, that's a nice problem to have with that type of double booking.
9: Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's it's a, a very good problem to have.
1: <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about that OVAC uh, semifinal win over Madonna earlier this week
9: um it was a it was a good game you know our our first game up there against them um, was a really close one. It came down to pretty much battle on the free throw line at the end of the game and we came out on top um, at six or we won by six and then um so we you know kind of knew what to expect when they came down to us um, this past Monday and um my girls i you know I couldn't have asked for better they played such a great defensive game um and i couldn't have asked I couldn't have asked for them to play any better.
3: Tell you what, Coach uh, Coach Marone here. I wish you the best of luck tomorrow. Uh, yeah. how, how does it feel? I mean, you've taken over a program there that uh, Coach Kane had uh, had been at the helm of for a few years, and uh, you know, having scouted you a little bit as as we were preparing to possibly play you, uh, you've done a great job. Your girls really uh, play well together, and uh, you know, it seems like they're kind of getting maybe to the point that you'd like to have them to be. I know you want to always continue to improve, but just uh, kind of what's your uh, take so far this year? I mean, it's got to be a big accomplishment to be in that championship tomorrow.
9: Um, Absolutely. You know, thank you, uh, you know, for your kind words there. Um, You know, the the Dragons in 2018, they had an OVAC championship. So, you know, that's the only one in school history. And um, that's something that I told the girls this week, you know, we want to get – we want to get our year up on that banner, hanging in the gym. Um, but you know, I, you know, at three years of playing basketball, um, you know, high school, college, and then, you know, coaching, you definitely want your kids to peak at the end of the season. And I think right now, my girls are playing, um, you know, they're gelling as a team. They're, um, they're playing phenomenal defense for me. They're having fun. And, um, you know, I think that they're, that we're starting to peak. And I think it's a good time, you know, with, uh, we have three regular season home games left and then um you know sectional start so i think it's a good time for them to be where they're at
2: hey coach you he was talking about wanting your team to have fun is that a problem for a coach sometime to keep it to where it is fun for your players and and they go out and just do what they do naturally and and not worry about all the stress and everything from games that they may have not played so well in
9: Right. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, sometimes kids put so much pressure on themselves to do good. Um, you know, they get pressure from everywhere, from, from coaches, from parents, from peers, um, you know, and then when they're expected to play good in a big game, you know, um, just the pressure gets to them. And I think, um, you know, day in day out working hard, um, you know, for two and a half out, two, two and a half hours of practice, you know, it, it catches up with them. And, um, I think, you know, when, when they're having fun out there, they can kind of let loose and they play more relaxed, and um, I just think they seem to do better.
1: Coach, your ball club takes on Bellsville, Ohio tomorrow in the OVAC championship. That's a ball club that uh, got the better of you on the road uh, earlier this year back in December, and a ball club that you, know, you're, you are familiar with. They got you a, a second time. They got you by six the second time around, a much closer game, obviously hoping third time's the charm.
9: Absolutely. Uh, that's, you know, they always say it's um, it's hard to hard to beat a team three times, and you know, I hope that that's the case for us. Um, the second time we played them, we were down two with um, forty two seconds left in the game. Um, we had a, a turnover, and you know, they scored, and then you know, the, that's how the game ended. Um, we we had to foul, obviously, but um, yeah, it was a lot closer, and we definitely know what to expect. Um, they have they have two really good players. And I think defensively, if, if we can, you know, contain them, that we have a really good chance of winning the ballgame tomorrow.
1: Coach Holly Pettit of the Cameron Dragons girls basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach, and best of luck tomorrow.
9: Thank, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. And we appreciate her uh, taking time out to join us tonight. That ball club is 11-5, and and four of their losses are to Belgium, Ohio, and St.
3: Mary's. Tell you what, uh, she's doing a great job. Uh, I mentioned Coach Kane; He had been there the last few years, and really uh, they had a great tradition there. And Coach Pettit's done a great job. And uh, I really uh, like what Joe uh, uh, mentioned with her is about the kids having fun and enjoying what they're doing. It sounds like she's got things uh, going in the right direction. Best of luck tomorrow in the championship. Can you sense that on, Phil? Yeah, you can see my film. Those kids really, uh, they go after it. I mean, I, I don't know if that makes sense to people listening at home, but as a coach, when you got kids that kind of go after it, uh, you can tell uh, that the coach has set a good uh, climate and culture because, you know, like she said, kids get pressure from a lot of different places, uh, not to mention just their self. Uh, her kids play hard, but they, they you can tell that they really believe in what they're doing. And uh, you know, it would have been a tough test for us. So, uh, you know, I hope they uh, win it tomorrow and get their second championship in the OVAC.
2: Like, I'm, I was just going to say, like she said, a lot of kids do put pressure on themselves. Like, I mean, obviously, you want to perform well and you want to do well for your team and and in your peers. And sometimes you just you put too much on yourself.
3: I'm going to tell you something, uh, and people may or may not uh, agree, disagree, whatever. You know, there are players that are out there that are going out and playing all the time that that are not having fun as she mentioned for a variety of reasons uh, it should never be because of others putting pressure on them and we should try and get them not to put pressure on themselves it's a game uh it's a great game that's why we're here we love high school basketball but uh you know one of the things i've always said is uh you got to keep it fun and when it quits being fun then you got to look at what you're doing and uh, it's hard work and it's uh, it's tough sometimes uh but uh, it should be fun, and uh, I think that she 's right on,
1: yeah, in theory, you always want the practice to be the hard work and then, yeah. and of course, you still enjoy being around your friends. The thing I miss most from high school from twenty almost twenty years ago now is baseball practice, yeah, you know for basically five, six years, I was with the same people. Every day. Five
3: months out of the year every day. And, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden that ends. It's really <laughs> i tell you, if you, uh, if you, you get into coaching, uh, one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with is the 27 senior nights. Uh, every mm-hmm. year I tell the parents, and they're tired of hearing the same, you know, you have to go through this once. It's kind of an emotional thing. I mean, those kids have been a part of that group, part of, of your extended family. And uh, the parents, they get emotional about it. It's kind of a moving to the next level in those kids' lives few of them special ones are going to play in the college level most of them are not Uh, but I told them I said you can always feel better because you know I've had to go through this 27 times and have kids move on and you get attached to them and and uh, that's a good thing but
2: uh, I just want to add when you talk about not having fun and the pressure and so forth a lot of these coaches want you to do that sport year-round and not play multiple sports I totally disagree with that there's a lot of athletes that can play multiple sports and i I think overall they just have a lot more fun doing them because they get a break from that particular sport and just go out and do what they do naturally
1: yeah i think that's absolutely a spectacular point also can't fail to mention how interesting it is to have coach marone interviewing his upcoming (laughs) opponent yeah Yeah,
2: with a smile and and giving my own score earlier tonight wait a minute Wait a, what a
1: minute. What is, happening is this is the Twilight
3: Zone
1: tonight. <laughs> uh, we're having a good time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're going to step aside for break number three right now. When we come back, we will talk with Brian Sexton, broadcaster for Calvary Baptist Academy, and we'll talk about the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament when basketball
4: Friday night in West Virginia continues after break three on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. <laughs>
5: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com just takes one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. Also, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Go to our affiliates page. Find the station nearest you. Big thank you to 104.1 FM, WVXS and Romney for carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, and 92.5 FM, WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM, WKQV Cowan and Heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn 102.3 FM WMTD Hinton 740 AM 106.5 FM WRNR Martinsburg 1360 AM 97.1 FM WHJC Maquan Williamson Belfry 1600 AM 98.1 FM WKKX Wheeling 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, W V O Y Moundsville. And 101.1 FM, WV, Way. Wayne. And, of course, we're on Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Thanks for joining us tonight. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Big shout-out to Brian Quinn, Grant Cochran, WV Susan. Joining us tonight... Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. This is basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
4: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now back to your hosts: Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is nine forty-six on this basketball Friday
1: Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, happy to have you along with us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I've already lost count how many shows this is this year. Ninety-seven,
2: I, I think. Right, ninety-seven? Oh, no, well, I mean, well, it's total.
1: Well, not this year. Okay. <laughs>
2: wow. <laughs> it, last, week, <laughs> last week was halfway, so this should be show number eight. Eight? Uh, right, because <laughs> we were seven and a half were through. No. We were seven. So this was eight and nine. It's Nine. Oh my gosh! Quarter <laughs> of the season. They go? said
1: there would be no math. Okay, so just just give me a break here. But uh, no, this is episode ninety seven of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, hmm. uh, February twenty eighth. We'll hit triple digits. That's good a huge
3: milestone. Yes. huge milestone. Huge milestone. I'm gonna have to take my shoes
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> we can't count that high. Fuzzy
3: That's math. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know who is counting well right now counting wins calvary baptist academy boys basketball out of the hurricane area brian sexton is a broadcaster with them he's been kind enough to be with us here on basketball friday night in west virginia for a couple of years and uh brian first time if i've talked to you already this year i apologize we talked to so many people i I think i think this is the first time actually yes we got it right here this is the first time we've talked since february 22nd of last year
7: where you been Ryan Epland, Coach Marone, Joe Lindell. It's good to be back uh, <laughs> talking with you hey, guys. We've missed I have you. enjoyed. Well, I miss you guys. I have enjoyed a little bit of semi retirement. You know, I, w- I was telling the guys, we played at Taze Valley Christian School back before the. It was our, actually our last game before the Christmas break. And that was a road game I went to because it's our, our natural. Uh, Putnam County rival and I was there for a couple years doing PA and, and things when my son was there and I looked at a couple of the parents one was keeping book and the other one was running clock and, and we lost to those guys by four and it was a really charged game I looked at both of them with a big smile and I said guys a lot less stressful to come to these games after your kid graduates <laughs> so that, that that's where we're at right now so uh but so that it, took the pressure to off of you, you. Yes.
2: so that took the pressure off oh of
7: man you. <laughs> yeah joe you have no idea i mean it's uh you know I, I always said for the last four years i i had the best seat in the gym and uh You know, my wife will agree with that because she got to sit with other people and have a good time and not have to sit next <laughs> to me. But I was sitting five feet from the bench. I was sitting five feet from the bench, so every time my son checked into a game, he, he had to come right past me to do it. But, uh, you know, I heard Coach Marone talking there a, a couple of minutes ago about senior nights, and uh we just went through uh, our senior night a couple of weeks ago at Calvary, and, and you're right, it is an emotional time because – you know for for those kids and those parents it's it, it's some of the last times that they'll they'll be in a place that they've spent a lot of time in and so uh yeah it does get pretty emotional but but again ryan it, it's been a lot less stressful this year man i'm not gonna lie it's uh <laughs> i get to go enjoy calvary baptist academy basketball and it's been a good season for us so far
1: there you go a six game winning streak too
7: yeah, I tell you what, we've been really fortunate. We we finished the season at home. We we, we went down to 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 Coach Marone's neck of the woods down to Tulsa there uh, a couple weeks before Christmas, and and uh, the Rebels put it on us pretty good. I, I was having nightmares that night uh, coming home because all, all I could see was Isaac Perry draining three point shots in our face down there. You know, we we just didn't play well at Tulsa, and, and that's a tough place to play. Uh, as you guys are well aware, but I think for us it was a good game for us to learn from because we went to a tough atmosphere. We got our butts kicked, but it kind of turned us around. And then, uh, unfortunately, though we we went to Ripley uh, a couple of week or a week or so later and, and uh, lost our big guy Robert Plutter, to a broken ankle, and, and he was just now coming back. Uh, had a big game the other night against Grace, coming off the bench, scored 18 points. In a uh, twenty-point win against the great soldiers, but um, we're we're kind of finding our gear right now. Sixteen and eight, as you guys mentioned, and uh, getting some good contributions from a lot of kids that, that had to step up in Robert's absence.
1: Well, you have to look forward a little bit to the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament. It's uh, not not immediate, not imminent, but it's coming up soon. It'll be here before we know it, and uh, in a lot of ways, that that's kind of your your showcase.
7: Ryan, I, I'll tell you something. It, it, it's and I've said this to you guys before, and I'll say it again. You know, it's it's one of the most underrated uh, sporting events in our state all year because we we play in the Somersville Convention Center, and, and those folks do an outstanding job. Uh, it's a great arena. It's got a, a mini Charleston Civic Center Coliseum feel, and uh, the number one seed in the tournament this year is going to be Greater Beckley. Tays Valley will be the two seed. We're the three seed. We play uh, two weeks from from yesterday. We play the twentieth and open that tournament up against Mercer Christian, and we're playing well right now. We're supposed to play tonight at Mount Hope Christian, and, and of course, as you guys alluded to, a lot of the games got canceled. So, uh, our uh, coach David Spencer had a had a scrimmage tonight with some former players, my son included, and uh, kind of got the kids a scrimmage tonight. But it's going to be tough. Tays Valley Christian's got a good team. Uh, they're they're a senior dominated team. Um, greater beckley is just man they're they're stacked they've got a couple kids that are about 6 6 and uh joe they look like uh, a couple of those kids look like they should be playing football for the thundering herd catching passes <laughs> from Isaiah Green instead of so i told one of those kids i said man you'd look real good in green and white catching passes from Isaiah Green instead of <laughs> out here killing us on the basketball
2: court. those long fast breaks huh
7: yeah hey but not to, to shift gears real quick but I was thinking you guys are are just down the street from from a, a place that 35 years ago today, well, uh, Bruce Morris worse. made the longest <laughs> shot in, in in college basketball history, and uh, just kind of ironic that we're talking about hoops tonight and 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 that 35 years ago, man, it just blows my mind how long ago that was when Bruce Morris hit that shot in Henderson Center against Appy State,
1: 89 feet 10 inches. <laughs> His uh, shoe prints still on the floor of the Cam Henderson Center, even though they've changed the floor a few times since. They always put the footprints back. And one of the things that, I, that I've watched over the years, and you, obviously you can't go to them because they're close practices for the opposing teams when they come in, but they'll they'll put videos up sometimes of their kids trying to trying to make one from from the shoe prints, and they <laughs> no one's been close.
7: <laughs> well, and, and I'll tell you something: those those teams, and and I, and I hate to, to digress, but. Uh those teams are, are pretty special to me. That was when I was in, in my formative years and of course uh Rick Huckabee was our coach at South Point my senior year over there and so I've got an affinity for those kids, but it's kind of neat to thirty five years later and, and I've I've told my son about that. We watched it on YouTube and uh, you you look at a shot like that and you go, How in the world the way he threw that thing just heaved it ninety feet? Uh, and it went. It went in nothing but net. I mean, it's just uh, probably the most amazing shot in in the history of basketball, professional, college, high school, whatever you can think of. But uh, just amazing. I, I don't know what made me think about that, guys. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's the less stress that I'm under this year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> me to think a little more freely. But 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 I just want to say one thing real quick about the WV Cat Tournament. We're looking forward to going up there. And I'll tell you something, Coach Marone, as you know in tournament play, man, anything can happen. Your your team can be playing well, and then all of a sudden you get a first-round exit or you you, you could make a little bit of a run like we did last year and find ourselves in the championship game with a shot to win it. So we're excited to go to Summersville here in a couple weeks and see what we can do.
1: Should be a lot of fun, Brian Sexton, broadcaster. Semi retired fan. <laughs> you name it. He's been part of the basketball program at Calvary Baptist Academy and Hurricane. And Brian, thanks so much for joining us.
7: Hey, guys, a lot of fun. And uh, I promise I haven't forgotten the basketball night in West Virginia number. I, I just, uh, I guess selective amnesia or temporary amnesia has just caused me not to call it this year so we'll try to do better here in a couple of weeks from the vcat
1: sounds good absolutely looking forward to that's brian sexton of calvary baptist academy and you know, we're coming up against a break. We've got Kyle Triggs, head coach of Martinsburg's girls basketball team. We'll get him after the break. We'll also get Bill Lusk, assistant coach of the Man Hillbillys, after the break. Because we just don't have enough time to get to get into that. We would have to short them up here a little bit too much. But uh, Coach Marone, that's always a you know the tournament's a good environment. It's a good tournament,
3: and, and you can tell though. Relax a little bit sometimes when your kid's not directly involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a little different perspective. But uh, I tell you, a beautiful venue there. If you've not been to the Summersville uh, Convention Center there, it is a great place to watch basketball. So if you can get up there to watch the WV Cat, Joe, uh, good basketball. And as he said, whoever gets hot at the right time uh, can make a run. I've drove by there several times, <laughs> never
2: been to a Need basketball game.
3: Yeah, really, I want to check
2: it out.
1: That Bruce Morris shot is still the longest shot in NCAA basketball history from February 7, 1985, 89 feet, 10 inches, right before halftime. The shot heard, H-E-R-D, heard, around the world <laughs> at the Camp Henderson Center in a 93-82 win over Appalachian State. That shot hit right before the halftime buzzer.
3: And Coach Marone, you coached against his daughters. Sure did, and, uh, you know, he officiating uh, and a lot of other things that Bruce has done since then, but that's uh, definitely one to hang your hat on. Want to bring this
2: up real quick before we go to the break? Uh, we talked to Marley Washnitz last week. She had a game this week. She had almost a quad triple double. She had 25 <laughs> points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, but only nine steals.
1: <laughs> wow! They need to check the game film on that one. Yeah. Maybe they might yeah. they might find another one she got a hand on somewhere. <laughs> and I'm going to Google quad triple. Double I'm just letting <laughs> I'm just letting that one go because I've said some silly things on this in this newscast. I just uh, found it's that interesting. The show,
2: absolutely, and of course, because it's a small world, Joe. Yeah, she has a tie to Madison. Right, grandparents yeah. lived there, her mom grew up there, played ball with Scott. So. Yeah, and
1: uh, you know, just a, it's a small little world. We'll just put it that way. We're gonna step aside, take a break. When we come back. Much more on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We will talk with Kyle Triggs, head coach of the Martinsburg Girls Basketball Team, Bill Lusk, assistant coach for the Man Hillbillies. Dave Morrison, superdavesports.com. We'll be in a little bit earlier. We'll also have our standout athlete of the week. Much more to go, one hour in the books, two to go, in the fastest three hours in radio. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
4: across the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: For scores online, visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us, and thank you to all of our great radio affiliates around the Mountain State carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, including 92.3 FM, WIRC, and Spencer, 103.7 FM, WQWE, and Fisher. 92.5 FM W T H M L P Ravenswood Ripley. 106.7 FM WHF Highlandside. 93.9 FM W R R R St. Mary's. 104.5 FM W A S P L P Huntington. 1290 AM. 101.9 FM WBOWN Logan. 101.7 FM W Y A T L P and Clay. 98.5 FM. 101.5 FM W Q A Z. Edmund Beckley, 90.7 FM, WFGA, four K and 9.50 AM, WBES in Charleston. We'd like for you to become part of the basketball Friday night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoop underscore roundup. Tweet at your team's scores and give us your comments on the game. At hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Big shout out to our latest Twitter followers, including Logan Simmons, Anthony Webster, Anna Marie Torello, Aiden Sutterfield. We also have Kylie Chase Hightower, Trenton C. Barnhart, WV Susan, Grant Cochran, and Ryan Quinn. They've all joined us, and they're reporting scores and all kind of comments on their games at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us and being part of the show tonight.
6: Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum celebration of the 2020 Black History Month and other important events throughout the year. On February 13th, United States Surgeon General, Vice Admiral Dr. Jerome M. Adams will discuss his personal life and role as the nation's doctor at 4 p.m. in the Joan C. Edwards Performing Arts Center on the Marshall campus. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press.
0: Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now.
1: Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Right up on Joe Winville, Rick Marone. We're not scared by the weather. We are here with you tonight. Of course, we don't blame you for staying home and uh, you know maybe not play, you know games were postponed tonight. Understand that. Um, also, Throw another
2: you know, log on the fireplace and turn up the radio. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's right. The radio or or your, your internet computer. stream. Yes, because <laughs> we do that as well. So again, basketballnight.com and a big thank you to all of our affiliates across the great state of West Virginia numbering. 30. Year 30? thirty, we're at thirty. Mm. We're at thirty. We have reached thirty. So thirty radio affiliates all across the great state of West Virginia. It's incredible. I remember when we started at the public affairs table, some ninety-seven shows ago. With, a, you know, we didn't even have a video portion <laughs> right at first, <laughs> and we were thankful for that <laughs> at the time. Uh, but yeah, and then I remember our first uh, basketballnight.com logo was just printed on letter-sized paper. and Taped to the front of the public affairs desk, kind of and sentimental.
3: Sentimental, prepared. I mean. Right, and now, now, look That's, at
1: this beautiful set that Mike Stanley has built for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, just it's incredible. And all the support too that we get. The basketball jerseys that are behind us from all over West Virginia, from Paul Paul to Huntington. Uh, I mean, from to Princeton. Uh, that you know, Doddridge County Tigers Valley. It's just it's just incredible to look around, and you, you know we've got Greenbrier West Cavaliers, <laughs> and then they move they flip those on me, and then uh, Grace Christian Lady Soldiers there. So we cover basketball about as thoroughly as we can. From uh, as as Tony Creedy would say, we're in the Welch, Madonna to make one, and all places in between. Uh, not Madonna; it's Martinsburg to make one. And I mentioned Martinsburg because coming up right now on the program is Kyle Triggs, head coach of the Martinsburg girls basketball team. Bulldogs have won thirteen in a row. Coach Triggs, welcome back to the program.
8: How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me.
1: Doing great. Uh let's talk a little bit about your basketball team and the season that they are having. Uh as I mentioned, thirteen straight wins and a couple of those wins are very nice, including handing North Marion a loss.
8: Yeah, that was uh you know, kids that really bought in and, and are playing well. Um, you know, not really. We were not really sure how we were going to play going to North Marion. Uh, we had uh, basically three games in four days, and um, you know they they defended very well and and um, you know made the plays when we needed to. Um, and I, I think the big thing in that game is we were able to take North Marion out of their pressure um, early in the game and, and force it into a half court game um a little bit of discrepancy with the free throw situation but we were all uh, made the last one we needed to and, and we're able to knock them off
2: coach it looks like you've got a meeting with the governor tomorrow is that game still on
8: yeah we're we're actually we we've we traveled down today we're uh we're at the Greenbrier resort uh kids just got done uh team team meal and um a little bowling um so we're uh Sitting
1: here going over shoot around and, and last minute preparations for uh, tomorrow, Coach Triggs. Uh, I, and I do want to still talk more about your basketball team. I want to circle back to that. But uh, so we talked briefly on the program uh, last week about the loss of Kobe Bryant, uh, unfortunately, I mean there are no really no words for it. Uh, you had a you had another tie to Kobe Bryant though.
8: Yeah. Um, uh, I spent three seasons in, in L.A. Um, I was on Mike Brown's staff and then um, uh, Mike D'Antoni's, um, and, and spent a lot of time around Kobe. And um, you know, it was um, you know we were we had a very professional relationship, um, and you know, but talking to everybody uh, from the Lakers family, I mean, it's just it's just a shock because. Um, seeing what Kobe put his body through, um, for his seasons in the NBA and, and the amount of things, you know, he's the one type of person that you feel that in a situation like that, he's going to be able to, you know, land on the seat and save everybody because, um, that, that was the type of person he was. I mean, he did the unthinkable. Um, and, and it was really, you know, tough with, with his daughter. Um, you know, uh, I had talked to him briefly a few months ago, uh, now that he was coaching, because he always said he would never coach, um, and um, you know he was doing a tremendous thing for the for the game of basketball, um, and especially women's basketball, and, and that holds a special place for me now that I'm on the girl side of
1: it. I was getting ready to say, with uh, we also just had National Women's and Girls in Sports Day, and the fact that you know Kobe Bryant with, with daughters was helping grow the game of basketball and you know that he still had a lot to give you also having that NBA background and then coaching girls basketball uh, you know the sport sports in good hands moving forward
8: oh absolutely I mean you know one of the biggest things uh, that that you know I, I'll never forget um, one of Kobe's famous tweets or talks and things that he would say is quotes he said you know the basketball basketball doesn't know race nor does it know gender uh, he says you know so you know we're basketball players you you coach basketball players you don't coach men's players or boys players or girls or women's you know everybody's a basketball player because that ball knows no difference and that's what he was doing i mean he was trying to, to grow the game on a global stage not just the nba brand but you know women's basketball um the things that he was doing with his mamba you know academy and different things i mean You've seen tons of pictures and, and stuff on on ESPN with, with him working with a lot of the women's players, uh, Megan Walker, uh, Sabrina Nescu, um, Nafisa Carter. Those guys. I mean, he was he was a wealth of knowledge, and he was you know he was coming back and he was sharing that with everybody. And
1: you know, like you've mentioned, it was just, it was so fascinating to me to be able to follow along and know that he had kind of separated himself from the game. A little bit and I you know my, my opinion, and obviously having no background with him personally whatsoever, but my opinion of him was that basketball was what kind of gave him the cachet to move forward and to have a voice in, in helping uh, you know create opportunities for people who might not have opportunities, and especially it, it seemed as though that path was aiming toward women's sports, and you know his loss is obviously big to the NBA. I think it's also big to girls and women's sports as well.
8: Oh, yeah, with well, well, no question. I mean, you know, during his playing days, uh, you know, he was such a competitive and driven individual. You know, he would separate himself from from those relationships with, with players and, and even teammates at times because he wanted to always have that, you know, upper hand, that advantage. And, and I think his daughter's love of the game, um, you know, as, as it's been stated, brought him back. And, you know, you can see him now, I mean, or previously mentoring the younger players in the NBA, college kids. Um, you know, and it's just a shame because I think he was in such a, a good place. He was growing the game um, the right way. And, um, you know, because he kept stressing the I mean, fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. And um, it, it just, it's just sad because it, it would have been amazing to see what he was going to accomplish.
1: Well, speaking of growing the game, you're doing that with Martinsburg's girls basketball program, a a ball club that is no stranger to making it to Charleston. But again, look, some people will say it's a double A win over North Mary. That's a big win. That's an excellent basketball team that doesn't know school size.
8: Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we we're we're, we've been very fortunate, uh, you know, and and our kids are doing what we ask them to do. you know, and I know the, 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 our MO around the state is we, we play very well against teams in the Eastern Panhandle. But if you look at the last couple of years, I mean, our biggest win last year with, with a group that was, you know, had played varsity basketball for four years. Um, our biggest win was, you know, we beat GW at Morgantown's Christmas tournament, but we, you know, we lost to Morgantown twice. Huntington St. Joe, Fairmont Senior, uh, beat us up pretty good. Um, and then you know, prior to our accident, we lost to, to Greenbrier East uh, at the Big Atlantic, and then we get to six seed in Charleston, and, and university you know puts it to us. Um, but you know, I, I think our kids understand, um, and, and I think that win against North Marion, whether it was a Double A team or a Single A team, but a, a team of that magnitude, lets them know like, hey, you know, we can play a little bit, and. and you know, if we continue to, to get better every day, um, you know, we put ourselves in an opportunity um, when it counts. Coach
1: Kyle Triggs, formerly um, with the L.A. Lakers uh, program, obviously uh, with the NBA background there, and currently the girls' basketball coach for the Martinsburg Bulldogs. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, Coach. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. and I thought he uh, kind of – see, I, I'll be – Brutally honest with you, I did not know that tie with, with Coach Triggs and Kobe Bryant. I learned it last week from Rick Kozlowski was talking about it. And, uh, you know, you look a little bit more into it. And really, it's just a, it's a fascinating thing because, as we always talk, Joe, it's a small world here, and it's true. And it just continues to prove that more and more. We've got so many people to talk to. Um, let's, let's take this break right now. When we come back from break, we'll talk with Bill Lusk, assistant coach of the Man Hillbillies, James Barker, broadcaster for WVOW at the Logan Scott Boys game tonight at the Willie Acres Arena at the Logan Fieldhouse. We'll talk with Matt Miller, broadcaster WRNR in Martinsburg, and Dave Morrison, superdavesports.com. Phone lines are backing up. We'll do our best to clear when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West
4: Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And also go to our affiliates page, find a radio station. Broadcasting Basketball Friday Night near you. And if your station doesn't broadcast Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, well, tell them they should. It's free. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? Marshall University Sports Journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court if this sounds like you the marshall school of journalism is ready and eager to start your journey learn more at marshall.edu slash sojmc thanks for joining us and uh, don't forget we got a poll question Once you to go online and uh, uh, give us your vote This week's poll question, now that you've seen the proposed four-class sectional and regional alignments, has your opinion changed on the four-class system? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. And, of course, we'll share the results at the end of the show tonight.
4: high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. A little shy of 10-15 on this
1: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We have a lot to get through. We'll get you a scoreboard update in in a couple moments. If you want to look right now, you can go to basketballnight.com, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. And we will get you that scoreboard in a moment. But again, phone lines backing up and I want to try to get through to some of these good folks who have been hanging in there with us tonight. We'll start with Matt Miller, WRNR in Martinsburg. Good basketball game tonight in Inwood as Martinsburg boys get a win over Musselman, fifty-four to fifty. And Matt, excellent ball game.
7: Yeah, it was an outstanding ball game, a great atmosphere up at Klein Court. Uh, the Musselman faithful showing up, the Martinsburg faithful there. The two student sections were very vocal and into it. It was just an outstanding affair. Musselman raced out to a nine-point lead after one at 17-8, to eight, pushed it all the way out to a 14-point lead, and then Martinsburg began to chip away, cut the deficit to seven at the half, and then in quarter number three, Martinsburg outscored Musselman 15-14, so, still down by six points going into that fourth quarter, but the Bulldogs outscored the Appleman sixteen to six in that fourth quarter, including going ten of sixteen from the foul line, and the Bulldogs rally for a fifty-four to fifty win.
1: Always good to get your medal tested this time of year. Martinsburg did just that.
7: They did. Uh, my, my partner and I, in doing the game broadcast, talked about this clearly being the most kind of grinded out type of game, if you will, for Martinsburg this year, where they didn't make a single three-pointer, did not shoot well from the outside. They struggled at times, even getting to the rim, but just not able to finish. But they picked it up on the defensive end and were able to battle and rally and really kind of get a gritty, determined type of victory. 13-2
1: 13-2 and two now on the season for the Bulldogs. That includes wins over Morgantown on the road, Hedgesville at home. Now a big win on the road at Musselman as well to complete the regular season sweep. Game's coming up one week from tonight at Spring Mills, and uh, then that rematch at Hedgesville in two weeks. So this Martinsburg Ball Club, Matt, before we let you go, uh, kind of has a little bit of a spacing here with his schedule.
7: They do. Now, they are back in action tomorrow. They had a game that they thought was going to be against Preston at the beginning of the year, but had a little mix-up in the scheduling. So the Bulldogs tomorrow at 6 o'clock will play St. Maria Goretti, a local private school out of Hagerstown, Maryland, a team that they've played a bunch through years past but really haven't played in a decade or so. And so they'll get on the floor again tomorrow, then a little bit of a rest, if you will, before Spring Mills next Friday.
1: Matt Miller, WRNR in Martinsburg. Thanks so much for joining us.
7: Anytime, guys. Thanks.
1: All right. And, uh, you yeah, know, big, tough win there tonight for Martinsburg. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to the funds in just a second. But Coach Marone, it's an excellent basketball team. That's a sectional rival on the road and able to come back in the fourth quarter and win it. I don't know who that really says the most for. Does it tell you that Martinsburg is able to win in the clutch? I think it does. Does it tell you that? Musselman has some confidence now that, hey, we get in a one-game scenario with these guys, we can beat them. I think, I think both teams can take positives from that.
3: I think they can, and it's Musselman, Team 11 and 5, coming in. So uh, a team they know well, and uh, there uh, will be a round three if a Musselman uh, – Gets that opportunity, and I'm like you. I think it gives them confidence. They led into the fourth quarter. He mentioned they got outscored 16 to six in the fourth quarter. Joe, that tells me Musselman uh, controlled the the game. Really, they were up nine points early. I got to give them some confidence. Love to get the win, but right. if you can build off that. But you know, like you say,
2: when you get into se- sectionals, it's a whole different story. And I like what he said about the atmosphere there. You love it when, you know, they're relatively close together and you get good student body participation from both schools in a a gymnasium. And,
1: and Coach, before we go back to the phones real fast here, something that that I've kind of picked up on, and maybe it's from a maturity standpoint as I've I've, watched more and more basketball, sometimes it's not the win or loss. I mean, you're playing to win every game. You're playing to win. But it's the level at which your team plays that – you can really have a little bit more control of, so to speak, although you can't always, sometimes the shots don't fall. But those are the things that you look for Is maybe more than just wins and losses.
3: Yeah, I think it's, a, it's. you hit it right on the head, it's the level of performance that your team is playing at, because in the tournament the, the teams that are consistently at that level will get it done. A lot of things can happen, but one thing you can control is your level of performance with your effort and your energy. Shots may not go in, but if you can grind out a win like this on the Martinsburg side Yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, they'll have some things to work on, but uh, to get a tough win like that uh, is is a boost to their confidence, too.
1: So Martinsburg gets the win tonight on the road. A big win for the Bulldogs. Come from behind over Musselman. Let's go right back to the phones. Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. Joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. (laughs) The sound only means one thing we're ready to talk some region three basketball
10: man how are you
1: tonight hey we are doing excellent how are you this evening oh
10: uh, doing great a little bit bored. nothing going on of course because of the <laughs> weather and the rain and but uh, I guess we need a, everybody needs a day off every now and then
1: I don't know what that is but i I think that's a
2: good <laughs>
10: yeah you're right
2: I just don't know what I'm gonna have he sounds like he's recuperated a little better than he did last week
10: yeah, how you flew under the weather last week, I believe. Yeah, but, <laughs> I sure was. Uh, not so this week, but ready to go. And unfortunately, the, uh, the rain had other ideas. But uh, I guess this, this time of year, better safe than sorry. But how many times do you hear that rain cancels basketball games <laughs> uh, as opposed to snow at this time of year? <laughs> exactly. and it, it, of course, they know some of the areas were hit pretty bad and certainly uh, are thoughtful with those people. Especially yeah.
1: up in the Welsh area yeah there there was a combination of you know there was high water yesterday, you know through that obviously from Ringo County and on down uh, then you look at you know today much of the much of the state affected by snow, but some still more rain, and you know we're not weathermen here or anything like that we're not meteorologists, we don't necessarily know what we're talking mm-hmm. about when it comes to that, but we can tell you it's rained more than what we were really would like for it to at one time.
10: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. But you ready to talk basketball? Yeah, let's, like do let's do that.
1: Let's do that. What What did you get to see this week?
10: Well, this week not not a lot, not a lot. I was really. I think everybody around uh, this area was excited about um, the Bluefield. Shady Spring, the Shady Spring at Bluefield game today, which was postponed, will be played on the seventeenth now. Uh the number one Shady Spring versus number three Bluefield. I did get to see Bluefield some last week at the Big Atlantic and I can tell you, or rather the uh yeah, was it the Big Atlantic? Uh their uh their press has really picked it up. And uh that should be a very interesting game. Of course Shady Springs got the shooters to uh you know, really stay in that game. And Luke rose. The transfer from Nicholas County is now 14 points from 2000 for his career, so that's another thing to keep an eye on in that game. Of course, there won't be any lacking in storylines in that game. Uh, Tommy Williams for Shady Sprint now will almost assuredly be back now that they've got even more time for him to recuperate his ankle injury. and He'll be opposed to point guard Bluefield, uh, Braden Cruz. Both those guys are 1,000-point scorers, so a lot of great storylines in that game, a lot of, and that's the one we were looking forward to. Of course, Wyoming East West Side tonight was supposed to be tonight too, and it too was canceled.
1: Anything um, changing with that West Side Wyoming East rivalry? I know there were talks of it. Are still in the talking stages of perhaps not playing
10: next year? Um, no, they they will play. They voted uh, on that. Um, I think it was more than a week ago. a Week ago, oh, yeah. Wednesday. There we go. Uh, the board voted to keep it, uh, keep that active, and I think that's the way everybody knew that it was going to go anyway. Uh, the other options were going to Beckley. Nobody really wanted to um, take the rivalry out of the county. Of course, it will be a little different next year because of the reclassifications. Uh, Westside's opted to go up and play in triple-A, while Wyoming East will be double-A. So um, and It takes a little bit off the rivalry. When these two teams get together, it doesn't really matter what you're playing. For outside of the game that's going on at the moment, because, uh, as people know, they really get after it here. So it will be, uh, it'll be interesting when they do switch up those classifications. And I think, I think the big thing to look at now when you're talking region three double A is, uh, the section one, one through five, the, the one through five teams in that, in that section. Any one of those right now is still in the running for the top seed. Uh, when they play postseason, and at this point in the season, when you got two and a half weeks, uh, three weeks left, it's uh, kind of rare that you got all five teams that can still make a claim for that top seed in a five-team section.
1: And it should be a lot of fun. And, and you know, before we let you go, Dave, another side on the girls' side of things: Wyoming East has been the best team in that area over the past several seasons, uh, and even now with the loss of basically, you know the main cogs of that program for the past four and five years to graduation. They've won nine in a row now.
10: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when you, when you look at who they've lost, it was basically an all-state team. Emily Saunders to Tennessee. Gabby Lupard got from two years ago, player of the year, co-player of the year. is at Youngstown. Jazz Lankenship is at Concord. Now, I think... They have five or six girls that have graduated in the last couple of years who are now playing uh, somewhere in college, uh, maybe the last three years. Still a very imp- impressive mark there. Uh, and really, they uh, are getting a lot of contributions. I'm not sure that even Angie Bonini herself thought that they could get from some of these girls. You look at Sarah Saunders, who is the younger sister of Emily, she's averaging close to 10 rebounds a game. I don't know that anybody thought that she would do that, but she's really a workhorse and really getting it done. Of course, Sky Davidson is an all-state caliber point guard. Uh, Hannah Blankenship shooting very well from three. I think she's got forty-three three-pointers now, uh, up in the forties. And but there will be some competition there. Westside is a very senior-oriented uh, team. I saw them on their senior night uh, just a couple of nights ago. They beat Riverview. Um, they have eight seniors on their team. And, uh, you get a veteran experience like that when you look at who they've gone against (laughs) their crosstown rival just the last, uh, four years. And you can see who they, who they played against in Pikeview, Riverview, um, on the other side, along with Bluefield. Bluefield playing very well right now too. Uh, in any of those teams, I think you got, it'll be a very good, competition to see who gets to
1: Charleston out of Reason 3 this year. Should be a whole lot of fun. Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. Always a pleasure, Dave. Hey,
10: thanks, guys. You guys have a great evening.
1: Thanks, you as well. And uh, right back to the phones, our buddy Bill Loss, assistant coach for the Man Hillbillies, has been on hold for 37 minutes, and I want to get him in here before the break. And Bill, um, you're, the Man Hillbillies still playing good basketball right now.
7: Yeah, we're up to uh, thirteen and two now after seventy-two uh, forty win over Riverview Tuesday night. Uh, played a played a great great game, great four quarters. Uh, probably the first time this year that we we won all four quarters. We outscored the opposition. Kids just really played good ball, shared it a lot, played good defense, and held uh, our seventh opponent to forty points or less this season. And unfortunately. We tried to get a game in with Sherman last night, but uh, the weather conditions and administration at Sherman High School uh, felt it was best to cancel, and we tried to reschedule for today. But, unfortunately, the same thing. Uh, the administration felt that it wasn't best to play. So we'll get back at it tomorrow, and uh, I think Joe's got that ball game tomorrow.
2: Yes, sir, I do. And that game, uh, time change on it, too, as well. Did you yes, know? sir.
7: We, uh, <laughs> yeah, six uh, – six PM I actually got word at the end of the uh, Logan Scott game and I actually sent Nathan a you know, a text by Facebook to let him know the time change and hope that maybe they could get it on the air but uh, couldn't get it to him in time but uh, with uh, you know a lack of J V players it really uh, really allowed us to bump it up. Uh, we've got one JV kid out with an injury, another one uh, fighting illness, and that leaves us with four JV kids, so it, it makes it difficult for you know, those kids to play, but uh, you know, we're going to be looking to uh, get a little bit of payback from a loss that we had back on January 23rd.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, going to be a rematch between you and uh, Mingo Central.
7: Yeah. yeah, first game just, as many you know, did uh didn't go quite as well. We Fell behind 26-16 at halftime. Uh, only shot six 26 in the first half. Uh, we we've talked about it with the kids. We we've got to avoid those dry spells. We hit, uh, you know, Caleb Levin's hit a three for us uh, with 6:42 uh, to go in the second quarter of that game that brought us within three. But we don't score another field goal or another point until one second to go in the second quarter. And you, know, you get in tight ball games like that, you can't. You, you, you can ill afford a to start like that. So we've gotta we've got to come out and uh match their intensity, hit our shots, play good defense, and control the boards like we've had for the most part. And, and I know there's been most uh there's been a lot of a lot of cancellations around the state, but uh you know, here here tonight uh here tonight in the Lusk household I've had my share of basketball. I've had uh I've had Brody playing two K on the uh, PlayStation Four and we've had uh, Bronx here on his little Vtech uh, basketball rim just opening up tonight. So Sounds like a spirit of uh, contest. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, both boys in the Lusk household been keeping uh, been keeping me busy with basketball. <laughs> Plus uh Plus, we had a chance to watch the Logan Scott game tonight
1: too. There you go, Bill Lusk, assistant coach of the thirteen and two man Hillbillies, who will play host to Mingo Central tomorrow night six o'clock. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys. All right, we've got to step aside. Take a break. When we come back, we will meet our standout athlete of the week. We'll talk with James Barker of WVOW. We'll talk with Sam Blizzard, WELD Petersburg and Moorfield. We'll talk about that game from last night and. We'll get you a scoreboard update, I promise, when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
4: returns halfway home on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget to join us online, vote in, this week's poll uh, this week's question now that you've seen the proposed four class sectional and regional alignments has your opinion changed on the four class system tell us what you think go to basketballnight.com. vote in this week's poll you'll see the poll on the right hand side of the page you got till 11:45 tonight and of course we'll share the results with you tonight Big shout out to our newest Twitter followers this week, and boy, it's been a bunch of folks, including Lauren Nolte, David Ealy, West Side High School baseball, Brandy Jones, Greg, Rochelle Gage, Braden Quisenberry, Brandy, Amber, Logan Ross, Amanda Taylor, Nathan Maid, NHS West Side, Jill Kennedy Bailey, Stacy Ray, David Mesa, Susan Kennedy. Jeff Finn, AJ Connie, Tia Legato, Robert Murphy, Calissa Lacy, Steve Blizzard, Derek 302, Anthony Wezard, Logan Simmons, Anna Maria Torillo, Aiden Sutterfield, Kylie Chase Hightower, Trenton C. Barnhart, W.V. Susan, Grant Cochran, and Ryan Quinn. They're all part of the basketball Friday night in West Virginia family. They followed us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Give us a call. Tell us about your game tonight, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. don't forget, follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
4: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.33 on
1: this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville with you. Rick Marone with us in studio tonight as well. Joining us now on set is our special correspondent, Andrew Rogers. And, Andrew, you had a chance to learn a little bit more this week about our standout athlete of the week kalissa lacy of george washington a junior guard who is a well-rounded athlete to say the least
11: yes i learned a lot about her four sport athlete and she excels at all four sports an all-state player in each one of them so swim she's been to the state swim meet in all four of her events the past two years soccer she's been to the state semifinals has been an all-state player and in softball she's been to the state championship so
1: and we'll get to basketball here in a second. In like, I mean, the list is
11: it's big. And she plays basketball. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Now. Uh, but also the
1: more you know, better than four GPA weighted classes that, that makes uh, you know that, that, that's how that works. But she has to balance all of that, and to be an athlete at a high level in multiple sports requires a lot of time, and to be a student out of a high caliber also requires a lot of time.
11: And in this winter season now, too, you have basketball and swimming. So when I asked her, what is your day like, she says it's school. Then she'll go to basketball practice, may stay after and get some shots up. And then after that, she'll go home, get a meal, and then it's swim practice. And then it's homework. Wow. <laughs> Talk about busy. Busy, busy,
1: busy. Yeah, when she when she gets to college, things will lighten up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but still nonetheless, though, also basketball-wise, though, She's one of the top scorers in West Virginia this year.
11: Yeah, it's pretty incredible that she can is able to do all those other things, but also really excel and be one of the top uh, state scorers in girls basketball. Can shoot it from three, can get to the rim, but also really good defensive player for the team.
1: Andrew Rogers now with more on our standout athlete of the week, Calissa Lacey, George Washington High School junior guard.
11: All-Star Warriors guard Stephen Curry said, "Success is born out of faith, an undying passion, and a relentless passion." The passion to succeed at many different things is what makes Kalissa Lacey this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. George Washington Junior Guard Kalissa Lacey is obviously one of the premier guards in the state, yet she also participates at a high level in other sports at her high school. She is a member of the soccer, softball, and swimming teams. Lacey says having started many sports at a young age has allowed her to be successful at all of them. Well,
12: I've been doing it since I was about five years old. So I've been playing four sports since then, and I just kind of learned to juggle it, even during the offseason, to stay in the gym or on, in the pool or anything like that to get my game to a higher level.
11: In the spring, she is a member of the softball team where she was an All-State Honorable Mention selection this past season and a starter on the team that competed for a state championship. In the fall, Lacey competes on the soccer team, which made it to the state semifinals this past fall and was also named the AAA All-State first team. Finally, she is also a member of the swimming team, where she has qualified for the state swim meet in all four of her events for the past two seasons. Her father says her mindset and her brother's influence is key to her success. She
13: stays focused and, and stays on an even course, um, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. It's amazing the grades she has with the, you know, the course load that she takes. Her brother is a couple years older than her, and he led a good example. He, he played sports and was high academic, so he is someone that she kind of looks up to and, and keeps her focused.
11: Lacey's excellence goes beyond athletics. She has challenged herself in the classroom by taking advanced placement and college courses and maintains more than a 4.0 GPA. She has also been elected in the past three years to student council where she plans events throughout the school year. Her head coach, Jamie Lamaster says her intelligence and ability to raise the team's level of play is what makes her a special player.
7: I think her biggest asset is her ability to make players around her better. Um, Alyssa knows when she needs to take a game over, and she knows when it's time to involve those around her. And she understands players' strengths and weaknesses, has a high basketball IQ, and I've watched her... Grow over the last three years, and I've watched her grow physically. I've watched her grow mentally. I've watched her basketball IQ improve. So I'm really pleased with where she's at right now. She's just a tremendous player for us.
11: Lacey is coming off a sophomore season where she was named to the Class AAA All-State first team. The star guard this season has one of the highest scoring averages in the state, scoring almost 26 points per game. She credits her coaches and teammates for putting her in position to be successful.
12: It's all due to my teammates. My teammates are the ones that get me the ball, and my coaches are the ones that get me into the plays to get the ball. And without them, there's no way this would be possible at all.
11: Lacey's plan is to one day play college basketball, but says she wanted to stick with the other sports because of the bonds she has made with her teammates.
12: I take basketball just because I just love the sport so much. I didn't really know for a while whether I like basketball as well as my other sports. I've decided to stick with my other sports as well because I love to be around my teammates and I just couldn't really imagine my life without it and I'm just so used to having a busy schedule that I love that aspect of it.
11: Lacey will strive to add to an already successful high school basketball career by winning a state championship this coming March. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Andrew Rogers.
1: Thanks so much, Andrew, and we hope to have Kulissa Lacey on the program a little bit later on here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Let's go right back to the phone lines. It's a busy time, y'all. Um, we'll talk with Sam Blizzard, WELD, in just a moment. He had a fantastic basketball game last night. that Went to overtime. We'll also talk with Scott Sorrow, head coach of the Williamstown Yellow Jackets. They had a <laughs> dogfight tonight uh, down at, uh, in the fourth quarter down at Tug Valley in Naugatuck. So we'll talk with Scott Sorrow, head coach of the Unbeaten Yellow Jackets, in just a moment. But right now, let's go to James Barker, WVOW and Logan. So um, happy that you were able to hang in there with us for 36 minutes tonight, James. And You had a ball game that was nip and tuck for three quarters before Logan able to pull away from Scott in the fourth. Hey, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah,
7: we had a, gra- a great ball game at the uh... – Willie akers Arena, Logan Memorial Fieldhouse tonight, 62-51. Logan pulls away for a double-digit win that was not a double-digit win by any stretch of the imagination for most of the game. Was tied 43-all into the fourth quarter until it was David Early that really put the game away at the foul line for Logan. And then Noah Cook hit some big shots for Logan in the fourth as well, and his defense was outstanding tonight. As Logan, I thought, defensively played one of their better games that I have gotten to see them play tonight. They held Jagger Bell to 13 points and John John Hamilton to 10 points well below their, their season averages.
2: What was the atmosphere? I, I take it was pretty exciting uh, for both teams.
7: Yeah, I thought both teams had great crowds tonight. Um, Joe, as you know very, very well, this is a long, heated rivalry, specifically in basketball that, that dates back almost now two decades and uh, you could start to kind of kind of feel the animosity there late in the third, early in the fourth quarter between both clubs and both cheering sections a- as well. So it, it kind of had that old-school Logan Scott feel to it that you got in the Williamson Memorial Fieldhouses, uh, Fieldhouse back ten years ago. Uh,
2: yeah, I actually got to watch most of the game uh, right down to the end there. But Scott had- – Give us your opinion on a team much different from the first time they played Logan over in Madison a month ago.
7: I, yeah, I actually agree with that assessment, Joe. I, you know, I think they're a really good basketball team. And, and what is is so tough for for Scott and for Bill Lusk and the man hillbillies, and, you know, you, you've got a lot of great talent in Region 4, and there's only going to be two teams that come out of it it's going to be a dogfight when we get into sectionals to see who is worthy enough or who sneaks out of victory uh, to to move on into regional play. Because, I, you know, it's got the team that if they make it to Charleston could make some noise. But the question is, is, can they get out of the section? I think they've got two stars in John John Hamilton and Jagger Bell, and they've got the pieces to go along with them. It, tonight they just couldn't get the shots to fall in the second half. And, again, I credit Logan's defense with a lot of that. But at the same time, it, it really is tough for these teams to go against Chapmanville and Logan and then to get to the other side when you've got Polka presumably waiting in the other side of the region as well. So it, it's a dogfight to get out of Region 4 this year.
2: It, absolutely. We've talked about it all year. Real quick, let's go back uh, Tuesday night. You saw a barn burner down at Chapmanville between the Logan Wildcats and uh, the Chapmanville Regional Tigers
7: yeah that was another great atmosphere um placeless but the, place the j v game honest to God had a better atmosphere at the end than what we probably had in the varsity game uh that j v game was nip and tucked the whole way through, and i mean i I really thought that it was the the roof was going to come off at the end of that game. it was crazy, but it carried over into the varsity game and really for Chapmanville. Uh, you know, I know they got a, a five-point win. And it was a big win for them to to avenge their loss to Logan, but to do it without Obina and Achille killing in the second half to come away with that victory, I think that was, that speaks volumes for the younger players on that team. For Chapmanville, really gained some confidence for those young kids moving forward. Uh, Logan started attacking the rim when Obina was out of the game, as they should have, and you know, early played a great second half. Logan couldn't get some shots to fall from the outside. Tigers played really good defense, but just a great, great high school basketball game.
1: One of the things that James Barker, also our good buddy, Chris Kidd, they they have the opportunity to do is to go see a really high-level high school basketball game almost any night of the week. James Barker, WVOW. Always a pleasure,
2: buddy.
7: Thanks, guys. Great broadcast. Love listening to you.
2: Real quick, just real quick related. I still got to this. It. Still got it. Oh no, I was just talking about what the athletic directors did. Both of those schools, Champion and Logan, had girls games on Monday night. They started selling tickets at halftime of the girls game. So they were. a lot of people were complaining you had to pay to get in the girls' game to get tickets to the Tuesday night <laughs> game to watch local and
3: That's called good marketing. <laughs> that, is, that is that is
1: slick. I like that. I like I
2: like anybody that, that
1: thinks that way. We're, we will get Scott Sorrow, head boys' basketball coach at Williamstown, Jordan Mounts, uh, who was also at the same game tonight between Williamstown and tug Valley. We'll, we'll get those both together in a moment. Let's go quickly back to the phone lines, though. Sam Blizzard, W-E-L-D, and Petersburg hanging in there with us tonight. and. Uh, Sam, you were at a a very, very good basketball game last night, one that went to overtime. Petersburg getting a tight win over Moorfield's boys team.
7: Excellent game the whole way, Ryan. Um, I believe six points was the biggest lead for either team in that game. It was tied at the end of the first, a one-point game at the half, tied at the end of the third. Two seconds left, Petersburg up two. Warfield inbounding the ball underneath their own hoop, finds Chase Vance in the middle of the lane, hits a layup at the buzzer, sends it into overtime. We're all back and forth into the overtime, and with three seconds left in the overtime, Charlie Mumal with an offensive rebound to uh, get Petersburg out with the win last night.
1: Excellent ball game between those two teams. And uh, looking at Petersburg, that's uh, two real tight wins over the Hardy County schools within a, within a couple of days of each other. That followed up a five-point win over East Hardy from uh, two days earlier.
7: Yep, I actually had that game as well. And I haven't covered Petersburg since the uh, holiday tournament. Earlier in the year, their coach, Todd Herr, came up and said he kind of liked me coming to their games. He said maybe I has a good
6: luck chart.
1: <laughs> I think I think he's going to – yeah, you might get an all-expenses-paid trip to follow them along the rest of the year. if uh, They're going to play that yeah, way yeah. when you're in attendance. Yeah. Sam, I know that you, you get to cover a lot of Hardy County sport, uh, sports as well. And, and when you look at Moorfield and East Hardy, you know, Moorfield uh, getting ready for a, a West Virginia hometown invitational game tomorrow with Van. Those are two schools that I just hope that weather cooperates enough to let the Bulldogs get there because uh, Van to Moorfield, there are, you know, that's not a normal trek.
7: That's got to be what five hours from, from Boone County up to uh, Hardy County, I would say. Pretty good road, uh, pretty good drive. That, yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be an exciting game. I'd like to see that one. Uh, you know, Moorfield, uh, seven and eight on the uh, season now. Get that one, get back up to 500. Of course, this is a team that uh, won three games last year. So, I mean, significant improvement this season. Um, and as you said, across the mountain, East Hardy. Uh, six or seven wins on the year. Uh, played a big game against Tigers Valley. Uh, a lot of folks said that that was probably the best game they played all season last uh, Saturday. And, of course, we cover Pendleton County. I mean, Pendleton County, one of, what, three undefeated teams still left in the state?
1: Yep. Uh, there are uh, just a handful now.
7: Yeah. Um, that's good. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good basketball in the area.
1: Absolutely. Sam Blizzard, WELD, thanks so much for hanging
3: in with us tonight.
7: Yes, sir. Thank you.
3: All right, and Ryan, one quick note. Uh, Dave Gogus, the coach there at Van, had an opportunity to talk to him earlier this week. They were at Tulsa. He was talking about that long trip to Moorfield after they they dropped the game at Tulsa and he made a comment. He said, I think they'd been to East Hardy in the HIT tournament. It was either last year or year before. He said he got on the bus at 6 in the morning. He got back like 4 o'clock the next morning. He said, it's the only time he's ever been on a school bus that had to refuel during the trip. <laughs> that never happens on a bus. Uh, he had a great attitude about it, and hopefully the weather cooperates and he can get the Van Bulldogs up there to Moorfield. Absolutely.
1: Always, like I said, love those, those opportunities to, to crisscross the state. We're going to stop aside, and take a break. When we come back, it's we'll always talk to Scott Sorrow, head coach of the Williamstown Boys team. We'll also talk to Jordan Mounts. He had the call of tonight's Williamstown-Tug Valley Boys game that came right down to the wire. And We'll talk with our standout athlete of the week, Calissa Lacey of George Washington. We'll get you a scoreboard update probably at the top of the hour. (laughs) Again, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter or basketballnight.com. We'll be back with more Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
4: on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: For scores online, visit basketballnight.com. Check out the scoreboard. Big thank you to all of the radio stations around the Mountain State carrying Basketball Friday Night, so you can listen in and participate and be part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Thanks to 104.1 FM, WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM, WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston. FM, WKQV Cowan and Heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn. 102.3 102.3 FM, WMTD Henton. 740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR Martinsburg. 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Matewan Williamson, Belfry. 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling. 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville, 101.1 FM, WVWPLB Wayne. 92.3 FM, WYRC and Spencer. 103.7 FM, WQWE and Fisher. 92.5 FM, WGHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside. 93.9 FM, WRRR St. Mary's. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVOW and Logan. 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay. 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ Edmund Beckley. 90.7 FM, WFGH4Gay. a.m. WBES Charleston and 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us tonight.
4: is high school basketball's home for the mountain state basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling
1: You know, the song is rock and roll all night, party every day. But in my little world of news, it's rock and roll all night in the morning news and then sleep Sleep all day. (laughs) You know, I guess you can say I do live like a rock star right there, right? That's about the only way (sighs) it it resembles it whatsoever. That's a stretch. But nonetheless, this is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're coming up on a break here before too awfully long, so I want to get right back to the phones. Scott Sorrow is the head coach of the Williamstown boys' team. They remain undefeated, but coach sorrow your game tonight at tug Valley came right down to the wire and you had to hold off the relentless rally from the panthers
14: hey guys yeah you're right um you know it was a it was a great game uh good atmosphere i mean it was a it was a tight game nip, nip and tuck and uh, I was it was tied at halftime thirty to thirty and then as you can see by the final score kind of it that kind of held the entire second half so Um, You know, I think either team could have won that game. Um, I I think it goes without saying that Tuck (laughs) Tuck Valley is a tough place to play, Um, tough to get a win down there. So for us to go down and 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 get a win down there against those guys, um, you know, who are so good at home, uh, I think says a lot. You know, if you if you look at if you look at you know some of the other good teams that that have played down there, you know, they've kind of struggled too. I mean, I think Charleston Catholic won by three, Greater Beckley won by four or five. Um, so, you know, that's, it, it, they're a tough team. I mean, they're, 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 their schedule is so brutal. I mean, they're, they're so much better than their record indicates.
3: Hey, Coach, uh, congratulations on the win. Uh, how, how important is it for you to be able to get your team on the road in that tough environment as you get prepared uh, as sectional tournament play comes up? I know you probably look at it as part of the big picture and trying to get your guys ready in case they got to go on the road uh, in tournament time. Uh-
14: I mean that's exactly right. And you know, when we scheduled that game, we wanted the reason I wanted to get on a bus and go to Nagatuck was because it was going to get help get us ready for tournament play. And um hopefully, you know, you know it's it's icing on the cake that we can win it obviously. Um but um it's the reason why we scheduled the game. We know that they're very very well coached. We know that they have good kids. Uh, we know it's going to be a tournament environment and and that's exactly what we got. And, and for us to get the win, I mean, that, that, it's even better for us. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of respect for that team and, and those coaches, and they do a good job.
1: Excellent ball game tonight, as you mentioned, a tied at halftime. And then basically in the second half, you took turns blowing each other out for a quarter, or you just happened to win by two more.
14: Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it really, I mean, it, it, was just, it was just, I mean, every possession mattered. And to be honest with you, and you guys have seen some of our scores, I mean, we've played some games where they've been a little closer than others, but. I mean, it's so much better for us to play a game in the fourth quarter where every possession is critical. And, um, and it's the same thing I told my guys. That we needed that. And, um, and, you know, we were glad that we got that tonight. And like I said, for us to get the win doing it is, um, is even better. 18-0
1: and 0 now. And, you know, boys' sectional play is basically three weeks away. So, I mean, with the 18 games in, you're gonna have, your games are kind of spaced out a little bit once you get past next Wednesday.
14: Correct, yeah. We, we have uh, we have a game next Wednesday, and then we also will play in the um, Little Canal Conference Championship game, which is going to be on the 22nd of February. And then we'll have a little bit of – we should get a bye um, in our section, so uh, we'll have a little bit of a break there. But, you know, we're going to try to keep these guys – you know, obviously, you know, rest is important. We'll, we'll get some rest where we need it. But we're going to try to get these guys in some, like, scrimmage-type situations in practice. So we're almost, like, simulating games, um, but we're not actually – you know we're not actually playing a different opponent. So I don't love having that long of a break, but um, it's kind of what the schedule dictated this year.
1: Scott Sorrow, head coach of the 18-0 and Williamstown Yellow Jacket Boys basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a safe trip back home.
14: Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate
1: it. All right, and sticking to that Bye-bye. game, great ball game tonight, uh, and we're tied on time. Jordan, we're right up. We're against the break. We've got about two minutes here. Jordan Mounts, WFGH, uh, had the call of that game, and Jordan... It was everything you could have hoped for, except for Tug Valley coming up just a little short at
13: the end, Uh oh, you know guys I, I got to give Williams down all the credit in the world that's a very talented team. They got a very very talented core group of kids um, and uh, you know a very in a class act school uh, they came down here game went right down to the wire uh, the, the what can I say? You know, they came away with the win, their, tip, tip of the hat to them.
2: I'm just glad you survived uh, not having a heart attack.
13: Yeah, yeah, well, having a heart attack. And, you know, I, I do public address for Tuck Valley games, and I've kind of been going through a voice issue as well. So, you know, I had to tough it out. But at the same time, it great game, couldn't ask for any better. Uh, you know, looking at the two games, looking at the, the stats on paper, the big difference, Williamstown uh, shot – shot the three ball Tug Valley did not Williamstown shoot, shot 35% from three point land making seven shots Tug Valley zero for four zero percent so you know that, that, that's a big difference in the game when you can convert from beyond the arc
1: I know that in, in Nogatuck wins and losses that's the bottom line that's how, that's how good that program <coughs> has been but level of play I talked about the coach Marone earlier you have to be excited about what this can mean going down the road if you can take the positives from this game pushing forward
13: for Tug Valley well, you know absolutely uh, you know the, the schedule that Tug Valley has played this year it's, it's number one and number one in the state for a reason you know we've we played a lot of quality opponents and we've played a lot of quality opponents in good games you know we've just unfortunately not been able to turn that corner and uh, pull that, pull the victory out but uh, you know taking a Charleston Catholic uh, to within five greater back of the Christians within five uh, Williamstown obviously to within uh, two points. I mean, you can't ask for any for a better uh, – for you can't ask for better quality opponents to come play, and, and uh, though the outcome is not the way Tug Valley wants, uh, you know, it, it makes you a stronger team going into the playoffs.
1: All right, Jordan Mouse, thanks so much for joining us. We're right up against the break. Thanks, buddy.
13: I appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good show.
1: All right, thanks so much, Jordan Mouse, WFPH, and also public address announcer for the Tug Valley Panthers. Two hours in the books. Fastest three hours in radio living up to its name here tonight. Even on a night when there aren't that many games, we're still full of content because this is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A scoreboard update and a word from Marshall
4: University coming up after the break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Go to our affiliates page and find a radio station near you. carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call us toll-free. 855 784 6677. 855 784 6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. You can also text the show, text us scores, comments on the game, or you can also email us pictures. 304 249 4924 is the number you can text. 304 249 4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup.
6: Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum celebration of the 2020 Black History Month and other important events throughout the year. On February 13th, United States Surgeon General, Vice Admiral Dr. Jerome M. Adams will discuss his personal life and role as the nation's doctor at 4 p.m. in the Joan C. Edwards Performing Arts Center on the Marshall campus. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night
0: in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 11-01
1: Eleven oh one on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. If you're watching us, then there's a little bit of a change. We, Gee, we, Rick, Rick, you've changed. Yes, we, <laughs> Bill Cornwell is joining us here, and uh, he tagged out. Rick Marone is still in the studio with us
15: tonight. He's hey. just just hanging out in the green room now. It shows that we have one of the best benches in the state. That's right. When when we <laughs> on did, this show. We have we have quite the bench. I mean, we could even go to you know to Jordan Mounts when we have to. Maybe even Brian Sexton when we have to. I mean, we have a seriously deep bench. Here. James Barker as James well. James Barker, Chris Kid. I mean, this is you're right. right. Cause we maybe we could bring Cause in some night. Cause, I don't know. Cause has visited several he, times. He over has the years, at least so. once a year. He comes. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I mean, is, we, you're
15: right. We've got some depth here. We got some. We can, we can work depth. with this.
1: <laughs> we right. can work with this. But we know you're here for scores. We'll get them in just a moment. I promise. I know we've kept putting them off, but. Um, Uh, We'll also talk with Mike Goddard.
15: Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. Don't push me on this. (laughs) I feel like the guys in the back are like, no, 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 do a scoreboard. No, Not yet, not yet, not yet. I like that, though. Good stuff, guys. Anyway, Mike Goddard, WRLB. We'll talk with him in just a moment. Um, We'll also talk with Bo Brumfield, sports writer of the Laviza Laser, uh, about Tulsa boys and girls basketball. But first, let's meet our standout athlete of the week. She's a junior guard for the George Washington Patriots. She's a multi-sport standout, four-sport athlete, an all-state caliber player in all four of them. She averages 26 points per game in basketball, one of the top scorers in West Virginia this year. And even more impressive, she holds a 4.0 GPA above that, actually, with uh, weighted classes. And she's able to balance her life with, right now, one of the busiest times of the year because she's got yeah. basketball, <laughs> swimming, swimming, and maintaining an above 4.0 average. She is Calissa Lacey, Jr. from George Washington High School. She joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Calissa, first off, congratulations on being our Standout Athlete of the Week.
12: Thank you so much.
1: Uh, Alright, let's, uh, tell me a little bit about what you've been able to do here uh, in terms of being able to balance your time. I know uh, Andrew Rogers was uh, telling us that he asked you about you know what your typical day is like pretty busy this time of year.
12: Yep, yep. Um, well, first of all, I would like to thank my both of my coaches, my swim coach and my basketball coach, for allowing me to be able to do both at the same time. You know, both of them encourage multi-sport athletes, which is really great for me. And to focus on both at the same time, it's kind of hard, but I learned to juggle it because I've been doing it for so long. So I just know how to manage my time well.
2: Calissa, it sounds like you enjoy playing all those sports
12: yes yes i love all of them
2: what what i'm gonna to have to ask you what's your favorite
12: basketball is definitely my favorite uh, okay, I, right. it's been over the summer that um, basketball is probably my go-to
1: how important do you think it is to play multiple sports for anybody who's out there who maybe is getting some pressure from uh, somebody just you know kind of specialize in, in one sport, even though they enjoy multiple sports growing up. I mean you only get one chance to grow up you only get one chance to play these sports
12: oh it's very important it's definitely a change of pace each each season and it helps keep me in shape and keep me going and I never get burnt out with any of them i 'm just on to the next one i 'm never looking back on the past season i 'm always ready to get into the next one
15: cliff so i 'm going to give you a chance to brag a little bit about your alma mater there because. It seems like there are just so many high-achieving kids that come out of George Washington, both academically and athletically, and of course, the the guys that pop into my mind are John Elmore and Ryan Switzer. Uh, What is it about GW and and the staff there that that, that they produce so many high-performing kids, both in the classroom and on the fields and the courts? I would definitely say that
12: the coaches there definitely inspire everyone, and even the teachers. They always make sure we're in line and keep us going and they're very encouraging on and off the court and definitely with um coach jamie master he's one of the best coaches in the state he is not only just coaches me on the floor but he also coaches me off the floor making sure i'm involved in everything and doing the right thing and also make sure that i'm not down on myself or no one on the team is down on themselves and he makes it so that we're like all a family so our team is our motto is actually family all in and that just means that we're all together and whenever we're in the season we're like a family and no one treats their family bad, no one is mean to their family, everyone's all together and if we stay that way then we're gonna win games.
1: Most people would say your upcoming week of, of basketball games would be a busy week. You've got a game against Parkersburg on Monday. And then, um, you know, little general shootout at the big house at West Virginia State University against Winfield on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, you play at Capitol. Is that actually a less busy week for you because you can only do one thing at a time?
12: <laughs> um, Yeah, a little bit. But tomorrow, I actually have uh, my regional swim meet in Huntington. Yeah. So, I'm getting ready for that. And then, also, with the big games coming up, I'm staying in the gym and getting prepared for them and it's a big week coming
1: up yeah yeah it's it's a big <laughs> week for anybody but uh for you it's almost just a, just another week calissa lacey our standout athlete of the week once again congratulations we wish you nothing but the best and uh you know keep up the good work
12: thank you so much i really appreciate it
1: all right it's calissa lacey a junior at george washington yeah. That's right. get to, everybody in the common valley gets to deal with her for another year uh,
15: exactly <laughs> uh, yeah and it's like she said about 12 hours from now should be about two blocks from where we are now sitting yeah. In the pool.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Re- regional the, swimming. Yes, that is down, just like you said, just down the, the couple blocks. Natatorial? Pitch Natatorial. Pitch right? Natatorial. Inside the Henderson Center at yes. Marshall University. There you go. So uh, let's go right back to the phone lines. Our good buddy Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. Uh, he joins us now here on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And Mike, we're not talking about an undefeated. Greenbrier West basketball team anymore, but we're still talking about a very good Cavalier squad.
16: Yeah, uh, it's odd. This is the first Friday night, I think, in over a month that we haven't had a game. Our games have been kind of spread out and thin for us for several weeks, but then we played last week, uh, Thursday and Friday, a couple days off, come back Monday night, and then had a nice win at home over Summers County and then we went to James Monroe, and uh, it was kind of the perfect storm. Um, we got off to a really hot start. Uh, I think it was a 13 to nothing run to start the game, and, and Greenville West led it 17-13 to 13 at the end of one. But uh, things started to fall apart for the Cavaliers in the second quarter. Um, James Monroe got really hot. Uh, they really shot the lights out of it that night in their gym. Uh, we were down by eight or nine points at halftime, and uh, it just never really improved through the um, through the third quarter. And uh, Coach Robertson was a little bit unhappy with uh, the effort and the results, and uh, he brought a fresh set of uh, JV players in the start of the fourth quarter, and they uh, finished the game out
1: for us. That was a ball game. At the final score, of that ended up being. And eighty-five fifty-seven win for James Monroe down in Lindside, but you're talking about coming up the the hometown Invitational uh, really kicks into gear here uh, this weekend in terms of uh, placement games, and uh, that that's obviously a a big you know big time of year to play in those games for uh, for the smaller schools in West Virginia. Yeah, this
16: is really going to be. a telltale week, I think, for Green Bar West basketball. We're going to host a really nice St. Mary's team tomorrow night. Coach Hart does a fantastic job year in and year out. He's got a really talented roster uh, that we met last year. This is going to be a tough game for us tomorrow night at home. We're going to head to the LG shootout uh, Wednesday and face that number one Williamstown team. Um, that's going to be a, a stiff test as well. Thursday night we have to travel to Montcalm, but then uh, Saturday uh, will be the championship weekend for the uh, West Virginia HIT tournament, and uh, we're either going to face a a, a very good Clay Battelle or Ritchie County team.
1: Still a whole lot to look forward to, and uh, looking forward to seeing that ball club get back out on the floor from Greenbrier West. Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg, thanks so much for joining us tonight.
16: I feel like I do this to you every week, and I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Uh, I just want to quickly mention on the girls' side, and and Coach Marone got a chance to look at this girl a couple weeks ago. Uh, Kelly Poston is a senior member of our girls' basketball team. She hit the 1,000-point mark this week in a win over Meadow Bridge. Uh, She is a first-team All-Stater in volleyball. She's a first-team All-Stater in softball. I feel like she's the first team all stater you know, girls basketball. Um, just one of the the finest athletes to come through Charmco, and, uh, and she's even an even better person.
1: Outstanding, outstanding. Thanks so much for sharing that with us, Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. And right now, we're going to go right back to the phones. Uh, we'll talk with our buddy Wes McKinney in just a moment. But right now, Bo Brumfield, sports writer for the Levi's Lazer covers both Tulsa boys and girls basketball. He joins us now on the program. Bo, thanks so much for hanging in there with us tonight.
7: Hey, guys, how are you? Doing well this way.
1: Hey, I got to say, uh, unfortunately, people named Bo end up on hold for a long time around here. We put, put our resident referee, Bo Anderson, on hold hey. forever. It's.
7: <laughs> hey, we're not uh and I'm not gonna talk about the referees tonight. But, <laughs> but we'll, I'll leave that to Bo. He's the expert.
1: There you go. There the you other go. Bo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other Bo. I like that. But uh The other Bo, that's right. Uh, uh tonight Tulsa's boys and girls both get wins. The boys will win over Carter Christian Academy seventy nine fifty two and uh yeah, this is a ball club that started out a little bit slow and was maybe a little bit I won't say disappointing, but maybe a little bit of a head scratcher in terms of comparing to what they had coming back this year from last year's team, but over the past maybe two to three weeks, starting to play a little bit more like the team was expected to play this year.
7: True, it, it's true, Ryan. I uh, started out 3-1 and one and then, uh, or actually, yeah, 3-1 and one and run into a buzzsaw there at St. Joe uh, when they had all their guys, and then uh, went on a five-game losing streak, and, and we hadn't seen that at all last year, you know, with the group we had, and uh, had to get some pieces, you know, had to put some stuff together. And I thought, I think Coach Maynard, uh, I think he went back to the drawing board uh, a little bit and, and had changed some stuff up. And uh, it, it's been a lot better. We're evened our record uh, tonight, 8 and 8. Uh, the Rebels did. And uh, against the Carter Christian team, this was a rescheduled uh, kind of a makeup <laughs> game. And uh, had a team, uh, had, a, had a cancel. Grace Christian uh, had to cancel for the flu last night. So we kind of picked up. Uh, Carter Christian girls and boys uh, tonight, and uh, you know it was a uh, uh, starters only played around right about four minutes uh, of the ball game, and it was mostly uh, mostly young kids uh, a lot of the way, and got some good tr- good contributions from uh, freshmen. Uh, Colton Austin had fifteen points, uh, freshman David Dingus had thirteen points, and sophomore Stephen Ward had twelve points to lead the way and. Uh, thirteen or twelve out of thirteen scored, and believe it or not, the only one that didn't score was uh, leading scorer Jesse Muncy uh, <laughs> in the victory.
1: That's how it goes sometimes, especially that type of game. But that's still that's a that's a good program type game for your younger kids to get to play. And the girls, we talked with Coach Monroe, but the girls pick up a sixty three eighteen win over Carter Christian Academy from Kentucky as well today. So double header sweep for the Rebels.
7: That was uh, Katie. I think Katie Markham. I uh, looked at, uh, uh, Coach Hughes sent me the, uh, the book and Katie Markham, freshman, also had 16 and 11 and, uh, Jace, uh, Litton off the bench had, had 10 rebounds. So, uh, and I think 10 out of 12 of their, uh, of their group scored. So it was a good night. It's a good night in Glenn Hayes at Rebel Arena and the boys will be back in action. You guys, uh, uh, the fellow before, uh, Greenbrier West mentioned the, uh, West Virginia hit. Uh, we will be in action, or the rebels will be in action tomorrow uh, at noon and 145 against uh, against South Harrison. They're going to make the return trip there, and then man, it was a tough draw for the rebels in the hit. Uh, had to go to St. Mary's, which is very good. Uh, lost to 85-82. Uh, Barnett Grant Barnett hit a three with about two seconds left, uh, and and in my opinion, just me, and I'm nobody, Ryan. I think St. Mary's is the favorite in the uh, in the hit. I think they will go to Green Bar West and get a win, and I think they will win the hit next weekend. Mm.
1: Interesting, yeah, absolutely yeah. possible. That's like you said. That is a very good basketball team, and, yeah. and Tulsa's starting to play better. And, and uh, again, playing host to South Harrison tomorrow. As I joked with Coach Marone, and I want to explain the joke because I didn't ever get back <laughs> to that. Uh, South Harrison from Lost Creek will not make the turn at Lost Creek yeah. on fifty two, which yeah. is the last turn before Tulsa High School in Glen Hayes. Yes,
7: yes, we made the trip. Uh, we made the trip to Lost Creek uh, last year, and and the other thing, Ryan, I'll let you guys get back to it. Is uh, I think it's Tigers Valley is in Mill Creek. Is that correct? I think and, that's uh, correct. The, and the Mill Creek, as you know, mm-hmm. Mill Creek is real close to uh, the Tulsa High School too, so. We told our parents we may make trips to Mill Creek and Lost Creek, and they got kind of excited until we told them, we told them where it was. So, uh, just the <laughs> up the road. Bo Brumfield. Just up the road,
1: Yeah, just up the road a little bit. Bo Brumfield, <laughs> thanks so much for joining yeah. us.
7: Appreciate you guys. You have
1: a good night. All right, you as well. And we're going to stop aside right. right now, take a break when we come back. Wes McKinney, W A E Y in Princeton. Kind of bookending the show with the Tigers tonight. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the Tigers who were uh, not in action tonight. But uh, we'll also talk with our good buddy Bill Cornwell. Catch up with him. He's just right over here next to us. We'll let him talk, to Mr. Butterfly. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Butterfly. We'll get our uh, update of the power ratings as well. Much to do as we get closer to the end of Hour 3 here. At Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on
4: the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: For scores online all of them in West Virginia visit basketballnight.com Haley McFour Greenbrier East Spartans Ryan Lee Lincoln Cougars Gage Huffman Tyler Consolidated Knights Rachel Bates Valley Wetzel Lumberjills Obina and Chili Killen Chapmanville Tigers Janiah Fargo Musselman Lady Appleman Sam Crumes Williamstown Yellow Jackets And joined now by Calissa Lacey, George Washington Patriots. What they all have in common is they were selected by the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the Standout Athlete of the Week. You have a remarkable or outstanding athlete. They can be nominated by you each week. We've selected a Standout Athlete of the Week. We consider a nominee based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Congratulations to Kalissa Lacey, George Washington Patriots' Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Check out the stories on every one of our Standout Athletes of the Week. And fill out the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Nominate your athletes tonight or tomorrow. Join us online. Voted this week's poll. We've got to 1145 this week's question. Now that you've seen the proposed four-class sectional and regional alignments, has your opinion changed on the four-class system? We want to know. Give us a yes or no tonight. We'll let you know by 1145. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to Ryan Quinn and Grant Cochran. They just joined the basketball Friday night in West Virginia family.
4: celebrating high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts joe linville coach rick marone and ryan
1: epling 1119 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling joe linville and bill cornwell with you rick marone also still with us in studio tonight um Still, you know, let's let's we've we've waited long enough, guys. It's I think I've been teasing the scoreboard update for an hour now. It's time to get another look at the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores, look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Joe, I'll give you the girls' scores to start
2: with. All right. Tulsa, the lady rebels, knock off Carter Christian tonight by a score of 63-18. Jefferson over the Hampshire Trojans, 53-38. As we mentioned earlier, Cougars sweep the season, and they'll have the home court advantage for the sectionals. Grafton, the Bearcats, knock off Berkeley Springs tonight, 70-19, and a big win for the Lady Bearcats. It was Frankfurt, the Falcons, over Kaiser, 58 58- Forty-two, And that's all the scores we have on the girls' side for tonight.
1: I'll take care of the boys' scores this time around. And boys' scores tonight. Boys' basketball action in West Virginia. Wirt County defeats Wood County Christian by a final of 69-52. to Remember, Wood County Christian joins the SSAC next year. Tulsa defeats Carter Christian Academy of Kentucky 79-52. to Braxton County picks up a win over Gilmer County 75-60. It was Clay County, an 82-63 winner over Calhoun County. Frankfort defeats Allegheny, Maryland, 64-51. Also, boys basketball tonight. Jefferson defeats Hampshire, 70-51. Another good ball game. Logan outscores Scott by 11 in the fourth quarter to win by 11, 62-51. Wildcats get the win at Willie Acres Arena. Also tonight, Martinsburg comes from behind to defeat Musselman. 54-50 the final of that one. The Bulldogs now 13-2. Racine Southern of Ohio defeats Wahama, 75-55. White Falcons 0-17. Williamstown holds on in Naugatuck to defeat Tug Valley tonight. 51-49, Yellow Jackets remain unbeaten. They had a 17-point lead going into the fourth quarter after a tie game at halftime. Tug Valley outscores them 17-2 in the fourth, but Williamstown... Holds on for the 51-49 win. And finally, Polka defeats Winfield tonight, 63-43. Isaac McNeely, 18 points in the win for the Dots. Along with Noah Rittinger, had 17 in that victory. That is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. You can always go to BasketballNight.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Let's go back to the phones. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton, joins us down on the program. Wes? A Friday night without a basketball game what's what's that about
17: uh, yeah guys uh we got we got like four seasons country down here in Mercer County which that's what they call this area and you get like four seasons in like a span of two days we had a lot of rain yesterday and now we got snow tonight ice and uh, just a wintry mess but yeah Princeton's supposed to play tonight against Greenbrier east that game uh postponed to a week from Monday the 17th. Um, it'll be a big sectional, um, game whenever those two squads do meet. But, uh, I'm sure Princeton won to play tonight. They've won five in a row and this kind of weird season for the Tigers continues. They started eight and two, then they lose three in a row there early mid-January. Now they've won five in a row, including beating Huntington last Saturday at the big Atlanta Classic. And maybe not the, the win that turned some heads, but the way Princeton did a win by 22 points. Over the Highlanders, and then uh, two nights ago on Wednesday night, Princeton uh, gets revenge on Graham as they defeated the G-Men by nine at home. Uh, that was a game that Princeton had lost earlier in the season by seven points at Graham. So, Tigers playing really good ball right now, uh, and uh, we just looking to play some games here. They'll be in action on Wednesday when they go to the LG shootout and play capital, which I'm interested to see what happens because Princeton, of course, beat Huntington, and Huntington beat up on Capitol at the Big Atlantic. So I'm interested to see how things kind of transpire coming up on Wednesday night.
1: Should be a lot of fun Wednesday night, that game with uh, Capitol, as you mentioned Wednesday evening, I should say, uh, a little bit earlier because of the little general shootout at the Big House, uh, and that's at West Virginia State University. And then next Friday, a trip to Brush Fork Armory, take on Bluefield again. Feels like Princeton and Bluefield are playing like three times a year because of the, the tournament that they that they share and play in. That uh, it's just it's interesting because those two schools are so close to each other and have had some very good basketball games the last two years as well.
14: Yeah, yeah.
17: Princeton earlier this year that game you referenced, Ryan, a two point win in the. Uh, in the Princeton Christmas tournament. And then Bluefield won by, I don't even know, it was a bunch. It really wasn't that close. I think it was a 15-point game at Princeton. And in and the, and the regularly scheduled meeting, there the first, uh, it was like the first Tuesday of January or something kind of quirky like that. They played on, on a random night. It wasn't a Friday night. Um, but, yeah, so the season series with Bluefield is tied at a game peace And, uh, you know, both teams in their wins kind of asserted their authority. Princeton played a little bit more methodical, got high-quality looks at the basket. Bluefield in their win um, applied a lot of pressure, turned the Tigers over, and got a lot of easy baskets. Then Braden Cruz scored, I think it was maybe 27 or 28 points net second game. So, Princeton's got to do a better job of, uh, of containing Cruz and, and Bluefield next Friday night, but... Uh, a big week for the Tigers because they're going to get two teams that are really athletic and want to get up and down the floor here Wednesday and Friday night so the Tigers got to be ready to have some fresh legs come Wednesday night. Wes I got to agree with you that was a good win
15: against Graham uh, the, earlier this week and I'll I work with a Graham uh, alum and uh, she is she talks about how they in Bluefield have such a rivalry. Is there a little bit of rivalry between the G-men and the Tigers?
17: Yeah Bill you know i I think uh, this is the third year I believe that Princeton is, it has played Graham both home and away um, and you know you can feel a little bit of a rivalry there because um, you know I, I think Graham is sometimes viewed as the little brother um, sometimes to Bluefield so both teams are kind of fighting for that second spot as far as you know supremacy here in, in Mercer County and then across the state line in Bluefield Virginia so I definitely think There's a rivalry, and both teams this year had big leads and was able to hang on in their wins. Graham had a 17-point lead on Princeton. At Graham, they hung on after Princeton came back and made it a three-point game two nights ago. Princeton had a 17-point third-quarter lead. Graham actually came back and had the lead, but then Princeton finished the game on a 10-0 run. So, you know, not only are both teams similar, I think, in talent level, but the games this year have been... Have been really good games last year. They were really good games. I think most games were decided by two possessions or less. So yeah, this has become, I think, a little bit of a budding rivalry.
1: Should be a lot of fun. Wes McKinney, W A E Y. Uh, Bill, you want you want to throw that recruiting question at him over uh, Concord well, football? Well, a, a, lot,
15: a lot of people don't know, don't know that you're you, you, just high school basketball is like your side job because you're the S I D at Concord. We we were kind of interested just going off topic, Wes. Uh, how recruiting went for coach walker in in the, in the mountain lions
17: yeah guys you know i i don't really i mean i don't really know who who all i mean i, I know he got a late start on the uh sure on the whole thing there so i mean this is kind of a you know i don't want to say a fluid situation but it's an ongoing process i guess you could say it's like the 76ers <laughs>
15: Got to trust the process. There, there you go. Trust the process, but I tell you what, people around the state uh, who will follow high school sports, no matter football, basketball, are really going to be interested to see how Coach Dave Walker does down in Athens next year.
17: No, guys, I agree. I mean, it's it's definitely an exciting time here um, at Concord in you know in Mercer County uh, this area. You know, because I think of you know I think you know uh, this program has obviously been re-energized now.
1: Good. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton. Always a pleasure, Wes.
17: Thank you, guys. Take care.
1: All right, we're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will have only been on hold for 13 minutes. We'll Not also long get long. our power ratings. <laughs> I didn't say we were going to go to him when no, we came back. No. I just okay. said he will have it's to be early. on hold for 13 when we come, come
4: back. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. (laughs) Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight,
5: we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, part of the family. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. We'll make sure to mention your name tonight. Joining us uh, a little while ago on Twitter, Brian Quinn, Grant Cochran, WV Susan, Trenton C. Barnhart, Kyle Chance Hightower, and Aiden Setterfield. Thank you very much for being part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Head over to our website, BasketballNight.com. Go to the Affiliates page and you'll find radio stations near you that actually broadcast basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Some of those stations include 104.1 FM, WVXS and Romney, 92.5 FM, WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM, WKQV Cowan and Hurt in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 102.3 FM, WMTD Hinton, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR Martinsburg, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Nate One, Williamson, Belfry, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville, and 101.1 FM, WV, wPLB and Wayne. We'll tell you about more stations carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the next break. And if your station's not carrying Basketball Friday Night, you give them a call. Tell them they should carry Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
4: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.31 on this
1: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, uh, you know, a big shout-out to our guys in the back. Uh, They just, uh, you know, just continue to throw the right opens in there all the time with the right people in this ever-changing (laughs) game. cast of characters we bring you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, as uh, Joe Linville is still in studio with us tonight, but now back at the microphone is Coach Rick Marone, but he's on the other side now, and uh, Bill Cordenwell. This reminds me
15: of tag well. team wrestling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is very much like that, yes, yes. I feel like I'm, I'm getting beat up, and we do, tag in, do you have
15: to hold on to the little string in the corner, <laughs> yeah, that's the only well, thing.
1: well, yeah. in some organizations, you really don't even have to stand outside the ring very long, but nonetheless... Not that that matters. We're here for Talk Basketball, and we'll talk with Bo Anderson, our resident referee, in just a moment. But first, he's back. Marcus Constantino has our basketballnight.com power rating.
0: Thank you, Ryan. Great to be back starting off in girls' class AAA. uh, No lead changes, but we have some uh, some move-arounds in the top five. Greenbrier East is 14-1, sticking around at number one. Parkersburg. Hanging in at number two. George Washington jumps up three spots to pop up into the uh, top five at number three. Willing Park is, stays at number four, while the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles drop two spots uh, to number five. On to the girls' class AA power ratings. The Frankfurt Falcons hanging in at number one. North Marion at number two. Winfield stays at three. Fairmont Senior four. And the Wayne Pioneers... Uh, rounding out the top five. No movement there in Class Single A. Uh, Okay, I was wrong. We do have a movement. Uh, The St. Joseph Central Lady Irish jump up into the number one spot while Parkersburg Catholic uh, drops down to number two. Pocahontas County stays at number three, while Gilmer County jumps up two spots to number four, and Summers County is down one to number five. On to the BasketballNight.com boys power ratings. The, more, the University Hawks, excuse me, are fourteen and three at number one. Martinsburg is thirteen and two at number two. Um, Morgantown is at number three. Cabell Midland number four, and Hedgesville at number five. Onto Class AA A in boys. There we go. Shady Spring Tigers hanging in at number one. Chapmanville two. Robert Seabird three. The Polka Dots four. And the Bluefield Beavers jumping up three spots uh, to round out the top five in A, And finally, the Class Single-A BasketballNight.com power ratings. The Williamstown Yellow Jackets are 18-0, and 0, undefeated at number one. Pendleton County, also undefeated at 14-0. and 0. They jump up to number two, while Greater Beckley Christian drops to number three. Willing Central Catholics at number four, while the Charleston Catholic Irish jump up two spots to number five. That's your BasketballNight.com power ratings. You can see all of them right now at BasketballNight.com. Thank you very
1: much, Marcus. We'll get our poll question a little bit later on. We'll also have cause time as well. But right now it's time for our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Actually, you know what? Don't, don't. Okay. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. That's my fault. We will get Bo in a second. Right now,
15: I want to take a time.
1: Bill Cornwell just kind of crashed the studio while I was here and
15: joined us. Exactly. Uh, I've been out and about. Bill's a a Renaissance man. He's a a a Renaissance man. I was was attending uh, a martial artist series event tonight at the Keith Albee Theater in Huntington, uh, Madam Butterfly by Teatro Lyrico Europa tonight, and then really enjoyed that. I do like opera. I admit it. I'm proud of it. Hey, (laughs) so so shoot The first step is admitting
1: you have a problem. But, But here's where you can't judge a book by its cover. Bill, what are you doing
15: tomorrow? Well, Gravy Bowl in Ashland, Kentucky. Uh, my morning show partner and I we are going to judge gravy tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock in, in Ashland <laughs> Kentucky uh, this is a great event in Ashland. Yes, if, if you're, you're in the Huntington area go over to Ashland tomorrow from 10 to two uh, it's a it's a fundraiser and I mean you can go and sample gravy I mean this should be a West Virginia event for goodness <laughs> sakes I mean I mean I mean we have, I mean in West Virginia we have like gravy intravenously you know <laughs> applied. But I, I'm doing that in the morning, and then of course we got Marshall basketball tomorrow evening. So I, I got a full day. And then got Sunday, a full there's, Sunday
1: there's NASCAR. Sunday's NASCAR. I mean that's what I'm saying. You, well, you well we, the, not, the man. Wait, wait a minute. It's we, just the most fascinating. Let's not forget the XFL interest.
15: starts tomorrow too. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and of course uh, I think a lot our, of our, our, our own uh, WVU alum Oliver Luck is running that show and. Hopefully it will not be the joke that the original XFL was with Mr. He Hate Me. I'll I'll never forget that jersey. Rod Rod Smart ended up with a decent little Uh, NFL career after that. uh, He did. Kentucky guy. Yes. UK guy. And uh, uh, that's true. Hey, you know, uh, back to the uh, power ratings. The interesting uh, St. Joe girls, they are, are number one. And back to number one, despite the fact that they had their first loss of the year, Last Saturday, they played in a tournament in Ironton, Ohio, the Tackett uh, Body Shop Classic, and lost to a really good Cincinnati Mount Notre Dame team by a score of eighty seventy-two. So uh, that that was that was. I don't know if we want to say it was a good loss, but. That was a really good team that they lost. So
1: to. They lost to the number three ranked number team, number three in, in Ohio country, in the country, the country in Max Preps, okay. uh, and, and so and lost know, by eight. And they, they they competed. They were right. They there. They did. Right? They showed they belong. They uh, so that's where Bill's been, uh, you know, today and going to tomorrow. You can see him at the Gravy Bowl tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Come and have a sop <laughs> with me. <laughs>
18: I'm
1: telling you, like I said fascinating fascinating you know who else is fascinating is our resident referee bo anderson now we're ready for bo that's my fault from earlier we're ready now he joins us here on basketball friday night in west virginia bo don't team me up for maybe i get a delayed game warning there i don't i don't i hope that wasn't a, a technical for the offense
7: well, you know, I knew I was in trouble when first Brian said well, he's only been on a hold for 13 or 14 minutes. <laughs> and then after that, he says, we may not put him on. And then, to top it off, we start talking about the opera and grace. <laughs> I, I tell you what. I, I don't it shows know what where you rank.
1: You wow. Whoa. Bill won't be getting a Christmas card from Bo this year. <laughs>
3: I, I just got two technicals. I'm, I'm out of the game. To say somebody has warranted a technical I'm line. out of the game. <laughs> uh, all right, so, <laughs> Bo, anything
1: that that crossed your uh, path this week that was a little bit maybe uh, different and something that maybe the people that, that don't follow as closely would be confused by?
7: Well, no, not really. Um, you know, I want to give you the quiz answer in a minute and see if you uh, got that correct. And I've got another quiz for you right quickly in a second. But, uh... No, nothing really. Uh, what I want to talk about a little bit for a second is, uh, uh, and some people, you know, we have, we went over this some on the show, but some people don't understand some of our foul definitions, like, you know, they see the stuff in college on TV, uh, but they don't understand what types of fouls that we have, and I'm not going to go through all of them. But the main ones that I think people need to understand is, Um, Outside of just a regular, got fouled in the act of shooting, a regular uh, personal foul or a common foul, one of those two, uh, are other rules which are intentional, both personal and technical, and flagrant, both personal and technical. Uh, An intentional foul, uh, live ball contact, being, you know, somebody's dribbling in and somebody, you know, grabs them by the jersey or whatever, uh, is always two shots to the person that got fouled and the ball on the spot closest to where the foul occurred. Uh, A flagrant live ball contact foul is always two shots to the person that got flagrantly fouled if they're capable of shooting the free throws and the ball on the spot closest to where the foul occurred. If the word technical is involved, anybody can shoot the technical. So if it's a intentional tactical or a flagrant tactical foul, any type of tactical, it's always going to be two shots and the ball at the mid-court strike, side option, scores table. Uh, so those are some of the types of fouls that we have that people may or may not know. And remember, on an intentional live ball personal foul, even if they should lay up and make it, they still get two shots in the ball. If they shoot a three-point shot and make it, they get three points, two shots, and the ball. If they shoot a three-pointer and miss it, then they get the three shots and the ball. So that's just a little example of those situations.
3: Hey, Bo, uh, one real quick uh, one I wanted to throw at you while we have a few minutes. Uh, Airborne shooters, Uh, a couple times this week it was in different games, but I think some people are confused. Like a player that's shooting the basketball, they they shoot a jump shot, they come to the ground, and then maybe on a blockout or, or the the defender contacts the shooter. Uh, officials use the term an airborne shooter. At what point do they not? Are they no longer a shooter? And then the the foul would be a common foul as opposed to a shooting foul. I think that's something that would be interesting to the folks at home. When does that change take place? And how long are they considered a shooter?
10: Very, very easy,
7: Rick. A good uh, question. A very easy question. They're an airborne shooter until they touch the floor. Once they touch the floor, they're not in the act of shooting anymore. Uh, so, therefore, uh, they are up in the air. They shoot the ball. It goes through. If they get contacted even before they touch the floor, then you have uh, still uh, the good basket and you'll shoot one shot. If they're in the air, they shoot the ball, they come down, and then a player uh, knocks them down afterwards, then we'll have the basket if it's good or not, and we'll either shoot a one and one or two shots if it's a seventh or if it's a tenth or if it's neither one, and it's one through six on the fouls, then they'll get the ball out of bounds. So that's how, you know, airborne shooters in the act of shooting until they touch the floor.
1: Wow. Or, I mean, that all makes sense, but, there, uh, you know, <coughs> I, again, I, I'm not doubting Bo. I don't doubt Bo. I'm just saying that that's a call that gets sometimes pretty close. Yeah. It, it, it's sometimes very close as terms, if, if the shooter hits the ground before they're getting fouled via box out or however that would take place. Um, Bo, last week your quiz for us was after a made basket and a timeout, can the team inbounding the ball put all five players out of bounds, throw it to each other before throwing the ball inbound? Correct? That was that was the question. That,
7: that, that's correct, yes, sir.
1: All right. I haven't got one of these right on air yet, so I'll go <laughs> ahead and uh, fire this out there. I say that they can all touch the ball as long as the first person inbounds to touch the ball is uh, in there before the five-second.
7: Uh, hey, Ryan got one for 20. He's doing good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he all
7: got
15: right. one. Okay, for show's eight.
3: over. Go <laughs> I'm going to have some gravy.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, check that. The number one gravy. Yes sir. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, that's correct. Uh, a player, uh, all five players, whenever it's after a made goal or an awarded goal, then they can pass along to teammates. That means all five players can get out of bounds and run around out of bounds on the end line, and all of a sudden one of them step in, and the five-second count's gone until the ball is released directly in bounds or into the court, and then the five-second count is over. So as long as they get that ball released directly into the court inbounds before the five-second count goes, they can have them all. Now, a designated spot... The only person that's allowed to be out of bounds is the one throwing
15: the ball in. So that, you got that one correct, Ryan. Very good. All right. Bo, I got one for you tonight. Now, this is going to be an opinion question for you, Bo. Uh, uh, The the charge block call to me is always toughest for officials, especially in, in real close contact. I mean, some are more obvious than others, but do you think, that the no-contact arc would help in high school, uh, officiating as it does in the in the college and obviously in the pro ranks where it first popped up?
7: I don't like it uh, simply uh, because it's an extra thing that we have to referee. Uh, you know, the bottom line is every player is entitled to that spot on the court as long as they get there first and get there legally. <laughs> and as far as the airborne player goes, All you have to do, and I talked a little bit about this last week, Billy, when you're refereeing basketball, you referee the defense, not the offense. If you referee the defense, you'll get that block-slash-player-control charge correct 90 to 95% of the time. The other couple percentages is bang, bang, it's quick happening. If that player got there legally before the airborne shooter left the ground, then if the airborne shooter crashes over that player, then it's a player control foul. And it's real easy, and you know, it's a matter of refereeing the defense, which a lot of fans are not going to be doing that. A lot of coaches are watching their offensive team and what they're doing and not really focused on what the defense is, so they really don't know if they got there first or not. And it's a matter of having that knowledge, but no, I, I do not agree with the arc. I don't like the arc. Uh, we don't have a thing where we can hit the whistle and go over and see a replay on it, which I'm glad we don't have replay True. in high school basketball. And I just think that that arc is not for our game. All but, right. Uh, I mean, Bo, again, Bo, that's we're, my opinion.
1: Right. And, Bo, we are very tight on time. Hit us with your quiz question.
7: All right. Uh, A1 gets fouled, and uh, it's the seventeen foul. They should be shooting one of one, and the official steps in and announces two shots. A1 misses the shot, and A3 steps in the lane and grabs the ball and turns around and throws it to the official. Uh, What are you going to do in that case? Handle that situation, and I'll let you know next Friday night.
1: All right, sounds like a good plan. Bo Anderson, our resident referee. With that, we'll we'll try to dissect some things. With that, we'll have cause time. (laughs) We'll also have our poll question when we come
4: back on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. This is the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia all the time, visit basketballnight.com Special thanks to all of our radio affiliates around the Mountain State carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, including 92.3 FM, WYRC and Spencer, 103.7 FM, WQWV and Fisher, ninety-two point five FM, WTHMLP Ravenswood, Ripley, one hundred six point seven FM, WHF High Lindside, ninety-three point nine FM, WRRR St Mary's, one hundred four point five FM, WASBLP Huntington, twelve ninety AM, one hundred one point nine FM, WVOW in Logan, one hundred one point seven FM, WYAPLP in Clay. 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ Edmund Beckley. 90.7 FM, WFGH Ford Gig. 9.50 AM, WBES in Charleston. And Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. We want to thank everyone that's joined us tonight for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia and all of the folks. That have joined us on Twitter, including Kia Legato, Robert Murphy, Calissa Lacey, Steve Blizzard, Derek 302, Nathan May, NHS, Wildside, Jill Kennedy Bailey, Stacey Ray, David Maza, Amanda Taylor, Logan Ross, Ryan Quinn, Grant Cochran, W.V. Susan, Greg, Randy Jones, and Westside high school baseball they're all part of the basketball friday night in west virginia family follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup
4: basketball's home for the mountain state basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell joe linville coach rick marone and ryan Epling. it is 11
1: 50 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan Epling, rick marone bill cornwell with you at the desk Joe Linville back in studio with us behind the scenes now. Lurking. Yes. And we'll talk with Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal in just a moment. But right now, it is time to get our poll question. We go over to Landon Mitchell. Thanks,
0: guys. Uh, the previous, the last week's question uh, was, now that you have seen the proposed four-class sectional and regional alignments, has your opinion changed on the four-class system? of you said no, while 44% of you said yes. This week's question is, should homeschooled kids be able to play for the public school in the district they live in? Go to basketballnight.com
1: to cast your vote. Thank you very much, Landon. And that's a question in regards to the the so-called Tim Tebow bill, which is back in the West West Virginia legislature, uh, set to
15: be, uh, I think... It gets a floor reading on Monday, it, so uh, it was up last year and uh, didn't get very far right and uh, I'm sure that the ssAC will have something to say about it as we get going if, if this if it starts showing some progress in the legislature because uh, I know they were pretty uh, outspoken against it last year it's difficult enough
1: to force uh,
15: things as the way they are
1: yeah with um, you know let's face it some school shopping and mm-hmm. things of that nature and you know, it just, it just I like basketball I like the pureness of high school sports and it's just really uh you know, it's difficult to kind of uh, chew on that sometimes. But uh, right now it is cause time here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
0: I wear my sunglasses at night.
1: Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal joins us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Wearing sunglasses tonight?
18: Well, to blot out the full moon. <laughs> it is a bright it is, one. Kind of a, it is kind of a full moon kind of night, I suppose. Uh, just, some, just some weird things going on. For instance, on uh, Spring Mills were supposed to play a basketball game today, but somehow the roof was leaking, so that game up postponed. Then at Jefferson, there's some kind of issue with the baskets in the high school, so they moved a boys and girls doubleheader across the road to Wildwood Middle School and uh, played uh, played there. And then last night, and this is one that people don't I, I don't think have heard anything about. And, of course, I will have something in my column on Sunday addressing this subject. Not that I'm trying to uh, pitch anything, but, yes, I guess I just did. Uh, (laughs) There was a middle school game between Musselman and Shepherdstown, and a foul was called. A parent came out of the stands and tried to, I guess, uh, disagree with the call of the official, and things started getting heated enough that the police were called the gym was cleared with the exception of the two teams and students and I guess you know officials and whatever but uh, basically everybody was kicked out of the game kicked out of the uh, the arena. and they continued the game
1: well you hate to see that because uh, I mean that's that sounds like it was the best thing to do at the time but my goodness come on everybody it's high school basketball or youth sports no,
18: this is this is middle, middle school basketball right, right eighth graders
1: yes Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, actually, sadly, totally believable. Because that just seems to be the direction we've been heading for over the past 20-plus years. Especially
15: if it's rival schools.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we're definitely taking a step back in civility from that standpoint. Um, So, Rick, you you did have basketball tonight, though. Just not the location you thought you would go.
18: (laughs) Yes, I saw I saw a couple of uh you know, competitive games. Uh the Jefferson girls uh went on to uh, beat uh Hampshire which gave them a four oh record against in section play, so in you know, all likelihood they should be the top seed. But we know how sometimes voting goes. I'm not saying that anything uh odd will happen, but uh you know Jefferson is a very patient team, very young team, and they're just you know just they're showing some strength and certainly I think uh, they will have an opportunity. You know, if they advance past their sectional, to maybe you know, beat somebody in the in the region and get to Charleston. Then uh, in the boys' game, Jefferson, you know, pretty much held control after the first quarter uh Will Shadling with 23 points, including six three-pointers. He's a freshman who uh, felt right at home at Wildwood Middle because last year he was playing for Shepherdstown and had played in that facility before. So, he was kind of familiar with it. Uh, Jefferson, like I said, held control. Hampshire got a little bit of a run going in the fourth quarter, but then Shadley the three-pointer, and all of a sudden... Sixteen you know, bang twenty point game, and Jefferson is three zero in section play. Still has one game left with uh, with uh, Washington, which is a uh, kind of a team that's uh, very very capable. Just doesn't have a very good record right now, and, and you know both of those teams are, are very young. So, so you know, I'm interested to you know see what happens when you look at Jefferson. Of course, last week they had games against Martinsburg. And they had a game against Hedgesville, both of which they lost and, and knocked Jefferson out of the Associated Press State top 10, which they appeared in for the first time all season, and it didn't really last too long. And, of course, they played teams that were right ahead of them.
1: And, of course, that ball games you mentioned played at Wildwood Middle School, the two ball games, I should say, which is just across Shenandoah Junction Road from Jefferson High School. So it wasn't like they had to go very far but uh, just a couple little things to tie some things in together before we conclude our basketball talk here. Uh, one, I see that Jefferson Little League is located right there next to it. I've called approximately 8 to 10 Jefferson Little League All-Star games over the course of the past 10 years in various locations for uh, for Matt Miller, WRNR, who called in earlier, ironically. See, it's a small world, Joe Linville. I'm telling you, it's a small world. And uh, also... I have to ask, and this is a question you probably can't answer, but why is one of the four tennis courts there next to Jefferson High School turned at an angle away from the others? <laughs>
18: oh, you're trying to stump me, aren't you? And uh, that question I cannot answer.
6: <laughs> just
18: oh, look, what are you doing? Checking Google Maps? I'm looking
1: <laughs> right at it on Google Maps. <laughs> it's exactly what I'm doing, <laughs> and uh, that just that just fascinated me because that is just like that. Does, uh, it, there's plenty of room to have it normal, it looks like. So, anyway, uh, nonetheless, uh, also in, in, in your area, Martinsburg's boys come from behind to defeat Musselman and Inwood tonight. Uh, big win for them to come back in the fourth quarter and get that win. And uh, we got just a minute to go. But, Rick, uh, we also talked uh, Martinsburg girls basketball. They won 13 in a row. Seems like Martinsburg is, you know, kind of doing what Martinsburg does right yeah. now.
18: I heard you uh, talk to Kyle through. I heard my name mentioned earlier, too. And I, I was like, almost, almost drove off the road. It's like, oh, my God, it's my name. I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it was a fascinating uh, discussion with Kyle. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, I'm glad you were able to talk to him.
1: Yeah, I, I, again, we thank you for, you know, just kind of bringing that up because that was a tie in that, you know, as much as we try to find them all, we didn't know about that one until we got it from you. Uh, so you kind of were able to turn us toward that. And, uh, of course, you can hear this entire you know this show in its entirety on BasketballNight.com. The whole show will be posted. It will be on YouTube as well. And, uh, Kaz, we're out of time. Thanks so much. We'll do it again next week. You
18: guys, be great.
1: Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. That's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. And guys, it's almost time to eat. It's not a gravy bowl. <laughs> But uh, it is almost time to eat. Joe Limble's already in line. The show hasn't even finished yet. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the mountain state. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.